0: Hmm, that's very interesting. So, Cory, did you think of a good opening spoiler?
1: One time, I ate my neighbor's shit!
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is spoilers!
1: Thanks. This is
3: spoilers.
1: Oh, hello, guys. Hello, and welcome to spoilers. I'm your host, Cory. And we're doing something a little different today, a little unique, a little fun. We're here to talk about Adam Sandler's first two comedy albums, which is a little bit different from spoilers, right? Because we normally cover movies. Yep. This time we're talking about comedy albums. I'm joined with Jonathan and Brett, and I'll let you guys uh, say your piece in just a moment. I just want to say I'm very happy that we're doing this. And I'm going to talk about this kind of as we go through it, but there's so much... Weird, cringy nostalgia that I associate to these Adam Sandler albums. I used to listen to them so regularly. And I know that that's true for both Jonathan and Brett here. So I'm going to go into the opening question and opening discussion. The opening question is, what's your least favorite Adam Sandler movie besides Uncut Gems? Now, I added that little asterisk there. I don't actually dislike Uncut Gems at all. I love it. But I know you two contrarians do. So I had to include that in there because I knew it would be Uncut Gems for both of you. Let's start with you, Jonathan. Least favorite Adam Sandler movie. Also, you can say where you're recording from, which is my kitchen, if you want, I (laughs) guess.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Hey, guys. I think I've only been on Spoilers Pod once before, which was the um, Michael Jordan series. No, Tiger Woods. We did Tiger Woods. Ah, Tiger Woods. That's right. That's right. I've already ruined my intro here. The
1: Michael Jordan of golf.
4: <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Wait to spin it. Appreciate it. So I'm recording out of Simi Valley, California here in Corey's kitchen, which is my usual recording spot
1: slash living room slash dining room, I guess. It's a very
4: small apartment <laughs> slash makeshift studio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I did want to say was, you know what this album reminds me of? a 60-year-old man's
3: ass.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, my least favorite Adam Sandler movie has got to be one that was previously reviewed, Hubie Halloween. Ooh. I literally could not watch more than 10 minutes of this movie and I said, I need to turn this garbage off. I, I ever since Adam Sandler started pumping out all these Netflix films, it's like he's just doing it for the paycheck. He's just
1: not trying, right?
4: No, not at all. I'm I don't so think glad so. to hear
1: you say this, Jonathan. Yeah. I thought for some some recess in the back of my mind was like 12 year old Jonathan is going to emerge and be like QB Halloween is amazing. I, I don't know. I just I thought there was a small chance that you might latch onto that movie for some reason.
4: No, I, I, I'm still a sucker for like some of the sort of recent ones, maybe like blended oh, and I like blended stuff like that. I mean, the kids, my kids like, them. my wife likes them, you know, I mean, I, but I think the prime era for me was like wedding singer, 51st dates, Hell yeah. um, the longest yard, that kind of era that, that was prime Sandler for me. Wasn't The Longest Yard just, like, gay jokes? It definitely had its share of gay jokes, (laughs) but then so does all of Sandler's content up until recently, you know?
1: Yeah. It's like in prison, right? Yeah,
0: they're playing football.
1: I forgot to bring this up earlier, but in in addition to the opening question, Jonathan and, and Brett in a second, I'm hoping you can tell me about how you got into Adam Sandler's comedy albums. And I know I haven't specified it yet, but there's two albums specifically that we're covering. The first one is called They're All Gonna Laugh At You, which was his first one in 1993. And then the second album is What The Hell Happened To Me, which was a couple years later in 1996. So, Jonathan, you listened to these when you were long, young. I know that for a fact. How did you get into them?
4: Well, over the last few days, week or so, I've been trying to like rack my brain to find out how I was introduced to this. And the only thing that I could think of was that you probably showed me this album. Like you probably got it from your cousin or something at some point and shared it with me. And I, I'm sure that I burned that CD off of you at least once. Um, and And that's the only logical explanation I could find. Because otherwise, there's no way I would have ever bought it. My parents wouldn't have bought it for me.
1: Yeah, that's no really way.
4: <laughs> so, so I had to have gotten it from you, but then again, I don't know, maybe I found it somewhere and shared it with you. We could be totally backwards on our story.
1: Dude. It's one of those things that I cannot figure out for the life of me either. It's like weird how some things in our lives are so intersected. Right. Yeah. With me and you. Yeah. Because I am like, I think Jonathan introduced me to the, to Adam Sandler's album. Uh, what the hell happened to me? I know the second one I got on my own, but that was after I had already been introduced to what the hell happened to me. The one with him on the cover as like a little kid holding a Christmas present or whatever. Right. So I don't know actually how I discovered it if you didn't give it to me.
4: And I don't know how I discovered it if you didn't give it to me.
1: (laughs) Right. So So. weird. I do distinctly remember hearing you sing the song Ode to My Car when you were a kid.
4: Oh, absolutely. Like regularly and in class. I still quote the goat, man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, somebody does something to you, I'm like, wow, fuck me and my goat ass. <laughs> You're like, you know, I, it, it, this thing has been ingrained into my mind since I was probably like 12 years old.
1: It becomes a part of you after a while. Yeah. And I want to let Brett talk about that in a minute. Brett, why don't you introduce yourself in the standard spoilers fashion? You can answer the opening question about the least favorite Sandler film, aside from Uncut Gems, and how did you hear about this album? Or both albums?
0: So this is Brett, <clears throat> recording out of Fort Lane. I guess, I mean, I'd have to say I, that my, it's my darkest moment ever on spoilers, but I'd have to say Jack and Jill, maybe. Or, and I also didn't love Anger Management, but I only saw either once. So And I know Anger man- Management is a better movie than Jack and Jill. Uh,
4: I love Anger Management. I still quote that one, man. <laughs> when they're in the, like, Anger Management circle, and then The big guys, like, man, you got to dunk that shit. I still quote that like (laughs) all the time when I see somebody playing basketball. The shit you latch (laughs) on to. Go ahead.
0: There's a a baseball player name named Odor Easy. And um, in our fantasy league, one of the team names was, I said Odor Easy.
2: I said over Easy.
4: I know the scene. Yep.
1: Yeah, Nicholson says it. He like throws the eggs, which are that's like a you don't want to waste that money nowadays. You know, it just goes to show you. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, not when
4: they're fourteen dollars a dozen, right? (laughs) I don't remember how
0: I learned. I mean, I had a friend named Kevin, and he seemingly had money to buy whatever he wanted. Adam Sandler was obviously really big, and I think he had the second album, and we loved it, and. Don't remember how we got the second one. He probably had that one. The first one, he probably had that one, too. And we just listened to it nonstop. Like you said, my parents did let me buy it. So I'm sure I had to borrow it. And, you know, I probably listened to it so much that it just probably ruined the CD. But that's the best recollection I can come up with.
1: I distinctly remember in high school. Like, I had the CD, but just for, like, convenience, I'm pretty sure I downloaded the albums off Kazaa. Or it might have been Morpheus. I think I went. I did Napster first, and then when that got shut down, I got something called Morpheus. Mm -hmm. And then I did Kazaa, and then I did LimeWire.
4: Did all those? Sharebear. Sharebear. Yep. Sharebear. Yeah. Yeah. Like Carebear. It was like
0: identical to one of the other ones. Just it was like orange instead of yellow or green.
4: It was exactly like Kazaa.
0: There we go.
1: I'm going to go ahead and do my intro. I'm Corey, as I mentioned in the beginning, also called Kylo Ren Memes. I'm also in my kitchen here with Jonathan. And I want to say that my least favorite Sandler movie, it's got to be Jack and Jill. I mean, Brett already talked about that, so I might move on to a different one. But Jack and Jill is really fucking bad. Like, it's an awful piece of shit. Like, it is unwatchable. It's horrible. It's not funny in any way. The only part that's debatably funny is at the very end when it's the blatant dunkin donuts ad with al pacino
2: what's my name Dunk-a-Cino. it's a whole new game dunkachino you want creamy goodness i'm your friend say hello to my chocolate blend attica who lucky light this whole trial is out of sight they put me back in with hazelnut too caramel swirl i know it was you Everyone wants my Dunkachino. Can't get enough of my Dunkachino. Kids from 7 to 17. Lining up for my Dunkachino. What's my name? Dunkachino. Dunka 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 Dunkachino.
1: He does his whole song and dance. Then it shows Adam Sandler and Al Pacino watching it. And Al Pacino's reaction is genuinely funny.
5: And boom, there you have it. It's actually 32 seconds, so if I got to lose 2 seconds. Maybe you can tell me what what part you would lose, but I think we are getting there.
2: Burn this. I'm sorry. This must never be seen by anyone. If you didn't like
5: all those close-ups, we can we can no this is not the final cut. There's no doubt we we can All re-
1: copies. Destroy them. But I also want to say that I loved Adam Sandler movies when I was a kid. Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, and Airheads were like my fucking shit. For the most part, I still kind of like those movies. You know, I did a podcast on Billy Madison. It's iffy at times, but I think it overall has some really good funny moments. But when Little Nicky came out, I think everything changed for me. I realized that this dude can be bad at times.
5: Thanks much, Valerie. You know what's nice about you?
0: Your juicy
2: heart-shaped tiny.
5: What was that? I I don't know why I said that. I,
2: I meant to say that. I've always dreamt about having sex with a gross pig. Can I wash my Winky in your kitchen, Sinky? You're a real jerk. I didn't mean to be.
1: Little Nikki has some funny moments, but I think most of them are not Adam Sandler moments. You know, like the demon with the titties on his head with like the bra and like the tassels and he's like waving his head around. Like that, that's a little it's Kevin funny. Nealon, right? Is it
0: Kevin Nealon?
4: Yeah. I think so. I would love to see more Kevin Nealon like throughout the history. He was such a small role player, but I, I felt like he had more... To give,
0: I think he's on this album.
4: Yeah, he is definitely.
1: He had a little cameo in Dirty Work, which I really liked. And he had a little cameo in Happy Gilmore. He was like pretty funny as like the Zen guy. Yeah. And then he kind of carried that character over to Grandma's Boy in a weird way, right, Brett? You know
0: what I'm talking about? Mr. Cheezel. Mr. Cheezel, yeah. I like Grandma's Boy more than I like any Adam Sandler movie. Grandma's Boy is the shit. Yeah, fuck
4: yeah. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. (laughs)
0: I don't, it's nothing against Sam Sandler. I just freaking love that movie. I've seen it dozens of times. It's still hilarious every time I watch it. Love it, love it, love it. Do they
6: even have alcohol? Actually, we don't serve alcohol. Bomber, I know. But uh, <laughs> this must be your first time here at Our Lady Health. I'm Shiloh. I'll be your waiter all day. I'm sorry. Did you say your name was Shiloh? Yeah, Shiloh. That's weird. Jeff. What? It's weird. He meant gays. No alcohol? This place sucks. Hey, fella, give it a chance. We do serve shots of wheatgrass. That's cool if you want to be sober and vomit.
7: <laughs> uh, excuse me, sir. What do you recommend for appetizers?
6: Ooh, you know what everyone's buzzing about is the bean sprout quesadilla. Mmm. <laughs> do you have bathrooms here or do I have to shit in a plant? <laughs> 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 stupid fucking idiot and red-shirted ass. You guys think you're so fucking cool. It makes me sick. Let's go make fun of the vegans and their crazy lifestyle. We're not hurting anyone. Go eat a hamburger and choke on a cow dick.
8: Aw, oh, someone missed their yoga class this morning.
7: Come on, let's go. Nice karma, guy Blow. <laughs> you said it wrong, stupid.
6: It's Shiloh.
4: I love the fact that he basically boosted all of his friends up onto a new level with that movie.
0: Alan Covert, I think he tears it up.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I think he's good. And and Nick Swartzen finally had a good role in that movie, too. Yeah, he
0: makes that movie,
1: probably.
4: He he had a bunch of dog shit roles before that, and um, I I, I liked his fit in that role.
1: It's weird. They got like every actor in that movie for that has a major part and like they got them to be like the most perfect character for their personality or something because like everyone works Mm -hmm. so well you know jp is insane like
0: don't be mad at us (laughs) how could he see me (laughs) i literally just quoted that like two days ago
4: yeah that that character is just so perfect
0: so
1: let's talk about some of the specific tracks on these albums. And we're going to start with the album that actually came out second, What the Hell Happened to Me. And the reason I, I picked that one to cover first, even though it came out second, came out in 96, is because it's the one that me and Jonathan listened to first. And, you know, we quoted it, we talked about it all the time. It's. Uh, So perfect for a 12-year-old boy, this album. (laughs) I think really they both are, but we'll kind of get into some of the specifics of that in a second. So, Jonathan, why don't you lead us into it here, buddy? Yeah, The first track of What the Hell Happened to Me is a track called Joining the Cult.
5: Hey man, I'm joining a religious cult.
8: Now that's ridiculous.
5: Well, I'm joining it, so you got to sign up too. What are you talking about? Hey, don't fuck me on this, man. Just sign up.
8: No, I'm not going to join a
4: cult. So I think as we were kids, we really didn't understand exactly what this was, despite being in one. <laughs> 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 But like now as a grown adult, I'm like, okay, this is a totally different perspective, right? Like this guy just, he's so desperate to bang chicks that he's like (laughs) willing to join a cult and bring his buddy with him, you know, like
2: point is
5: I'm not going to have time to hang out with you because I'm going to be fucking busy with this fucking cult. We'll visit on weekends. We'll work no, it out. No, the weekends are like the busiest time. That's when we go to flea markets and fucking malls and
8: talk people into joining, man. Can I just join for a little while? I told my dad I'd visit him in Florida in three weeks. You just, you'll ask them, but we got to join now. Well, what's the hurry?
2: There's a girl I want to meet there. What the fuck's your problem?
4: But he makes a lot of valid points, though, you know, and he's like you've been saying you need a haircut, you know, you're going to get in there and save 12 bucks by getting a free haircut. Who cares what the fuck it looks like? You know, like, I mean, it's just totally different perspectives on this. I mean, what what do you think now as compared to being like 12? The, the humor has definitely changed on this track for me yeah. because when
1: I was a kid, like it was kind of funny but really like the funnier stuff was like the more direct stuff later like the idea of a talking goat or like saying my car's a piece of shit and then listing everything that's wrong with it right with this one it's more funny as an adult because adam sandler who's trying to get his friend to join a cult he's talking he's trying to convince him like to help him like move or to like get him a ride to the airport like he it's so like Come on, man. I just need your help with this one thing. Come on. You can do it, man. Fit in some time for me. Right. But he's he's talking about joining a fucking cult, which is a, a semi-permanent life choice. So to me, like, that's kind of the comedy of it, the way sure. he treats it. And this was, like, prime time cult era, I think. Like, this was post-Branch Davidians, I think. And it was right in the middle of Heaven's Gate. Like, Heaven's Gate was going on at the time this album came out. Like, Heaven's Gate didn't end. They all killed themselves, like, the next year. So, he's talking about, like, it's not going to be one of those weird haircuts, is it? Because all the people in Heaven's Gate, they had that, like, gender-neutral bowl cut.
5: Look, they're going to give you clothes. They're going to give you a free haircut. You're going to get food.
8: It's not going to be one of those weird haircuts, is it?
1: It's
5: going to be a haircut, all right? You said you need a haircut. They're going to fucking cut your hair. You're going in saving 12 bucks. Just fucking do it.
1: Brett, what do you think? Will you join a religious cult for your friend? If Drew, best friend Drew, asked you to join a cult.
0: Well, I I have to ask a did he let me watch something instead of the game? <laughs> yeah. Like, do I owe do I owe him? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm not joining a cult. I'm not joining a Um, cult.
4: Even for a free haircut?
0: I've never paid for a haircut in my entire life, so. That's interesting. You got to expand
4: on that one, buddy. Way way to save some money, dude. Buddy.
0: (laughs) Growing up, either my mom or my aunt, who was like a professional haircut person, cut my hair. It was always fine. And then now my wife cuts my hair, so.
1: It's not one of those weird haircuts, is it?
0: (laughs) No.
4: (laughs) You need a haircut. She's going to cut your fucking hair. I I love the follow-up part, right? So the guy, he finally says, okay, I'll go ahead and join with you, you know, in the hopes that they're going to recruit him a girl also, right? right? So now you got two dudes who potentially are going to be banging, right? Not each other, but, you know, I don't know, maybe they are. Maybe that's that kind of cult. I don't know. But so they do like a, three months later or something and they're totally three weeks isn't it? oh maybe three weeks and they're in this total like full on cult ceremony and they're chanting the night time is the right time (laughs) the night (laughs) time is the right time
5: the night time is the right time. Hey, buddy, are you glad you did this?
8: Oh, this is the best thing I ever did. Thank you.
5: And you're not mad at them making you
8: uh, kill your father, are you? You know, it's like they said. It was the only way to save him. You're a good guy. You're a better one. The night time is the right
2: time. The night time is the right The night time is the right time.
4: That's just
1: so fucked up <laughs> i mean it really is it's, it's very much played down leading up to that and then when he joins it, it is a full-on cult where they do crazy shit of course
4: yeah the follow-up or the ending of that was what really made the whole entire joke it made it come full circle
5: and now little nicky de cesare tells his grandfather and his grandfather's friends at the social club about his first day of school Hey, everybody. Nikki had his first day of school today.
2: Oh, oh, nice. Remember nice. that age nice. How you doing, Nikki?
5: Okay, Grandpa.
1: Oh, nice. Okay. Nice. Well, you got to respect the joke. And, Brett, I want to toss to you for the track that I think got my brother Tyler hooked on Adam Sandler albums, which is Respect. Because I, I listened to this when I was like 12 or 13, and he was four or five years younger than me. And I played some select tracks for him. The ones that didn't have too much cursing or sex. And uh, Respect was one of them. And he just thought it was like the funniest thing ever. This is one of the ones that I used to start the album with. I generally skipped joining the cult and went right to Respect. Brett, what do you think? Do you respect the track?
0: Oh, yeah. This is easily one of my top five, maybe top three of either of both albums. It's probably... One of the ones I quote the gotta most. Gotta
4: respect the condom. Shut the
0: fuck up, sir. Jonathan, he's talking. <laughs> no, I mean, it's something that my uh, friend Gray and I would quote. I can spell Grandpa. Uh, I respect I the confidence. The kid knows spell. how to spell it. Just like Grandpa. Grandpa's like I gotta spell something for you right now,
5: Nicky. And you tell me what I'm spelling, all right? Okay, Grandpa. Are you ready for this? Okay, Grandpa. You ready for this? Yeah, Grandpa. All right, here we go.
8: R
2: E S P S. What the fuck, S? Right. Are you a God, fucking
0: God, idiot? Where did you learn to
3: fucking
0: spell a you know, I got a plan. I'm to take it down R E S P S. What the fuck? So funny. Don't respect the wolf. I mean, that's Alan Covert as he's so good. And actually, it took me really long time to realize that was him. I just never put two and two together, but it's so funny. The uh, it's getting a little long. I mean, it's just so funny. It's just
4: Alan's one-liners makes that entire skit. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah.
0: And then the screaming at him is really good too.
4: Yeah. He plays a guy called
1: Sammy.
7: Teacher, read he does three little pigs. Oh, respect the pigs. You
1: respect those pigs. They'll respect you. Everyone respect, you
5: respect the
2: wolf me jump in front of a fucking truck! What ass little
6: Nikki?
4: This track introduced me to a whole different level of cussing and swearing and chewing people oh, yeah. out. Respect, respect, I mean, at, at 12 years old, you've already experienced, everybody's already experienced a certain level of witnessing somebody cuss someone out whether it's a, a large scale or or maybe a one-time thing or whatever. But this was just a different level, man. You've got 20 old guys that are professional shit talkers in the retirement home, all yelling at the one guy to shut the fuck up. And every one of them was, it was something different, right? Like when they pushed the, the Donnie McMillan kid pushed him off the monkey bars, you know, it was like, He said something about I'll cut his fucking nuts off (laughs) and feed it to him. You know, like that was out there, man. Like when I was 12, it was like, oh, fuck you, man. You know, your mom's a slut. like, that's the level of, you know, cussing that I was experienced to at that time. But this was so different. Like these were old men with experience. (laughs) They lived through some shit and they knew what to say. That was
1: really fucked up. Jonathan, you've long time been the best shit talker that I've ever met in my life. Like I've always said that to people. Jonathan is the ultimate shit talker. So like, it's, <laughs> well, thank it, you. <laughs> it's interesting to me that this was formative in your
4: shit talking career, right? Like yeah, hearing this absolutely, track. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, lately, there's probably been a lot of trend talking about like intrusive thoughts, right? Like, uh, have you ever listened to anything about that or read anything about it? I think I've heard it come up. So like it's just you being you and being weird and like you have these intrusive thoughts of situations or or context that just pops up into your imagination where you just say shit. And I can picture this track in my mind like as this intrusive thought of like me being an old man cussing somebody else on the street. Like I picture myself being like Clint Eastwood in, in grand Dorito cussing at people like these guys are when I'm an old grumpy man.
6: A, a boy pushed
7: me
5: off the seesaw.
4: And what is this boy's name?
5: He's named Donnie McMillan. He's, He's a fucking, fucking dead. Man. You don't fucking don't hear you me? Don't I'll don't cut his man. fucking balls. He, ball fuck. he, he disrespects my
3: grandson. I'll
0: feed ball his balls to his fucking mother. mother.
1: Oh, that's perfect, because recently I was thinking about, and I I I wasn't even in this scenario, but I just thought in my head, I was like, I can't wait till I'm like 70, and I can just sit in front of a coffee shop
4: with other guys that are like 70 and just talk shit. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously. I want to be, like, I've I've pictured that before. Like, I want to be an old man sitting in front of a coffee shop, like at 5 a.m. on a Tuesday, you know, scratching lottery tickets, and like, just talking shit like yeah look at that fucking guy right there there's not even anything wrong he's not even doing anything he's an innocent guy but he just exists so fuck him yeah the concept is
1: is too good
4: yeah seriously (laughs) we're gonna do that like once a month when we get old fucking a we might commit to that every day sorry spoilers fans i know you're not used to this much uh swearing oh my god yes
0: they are
6: Of shit, car. I got a piece of shit, car. The fog pile of shit never gets me very behind. My car's a big piece of shit, cause these shots are fucking shot. Well, my seatbelt's fucking broken. I got to tie it in a knot.
1: Jonathan, you have a nice car.
4: I just got a new car, dude, like last weekend. Right on. I see. I knew it. I didn't even know what car you had, and I just assumed. (laughs) Yeah. I've always had a decent car, I guess. (laughs) Have you ever had a piece of shit car? No, no. But like, I secretly have always wanted one. (laughs) Like, I've seriously always wanted like a 1986 Volkswagen Jetta. (laughs) No, like a four door Jetta. Okay. Like, my friend, when we were um, growing up, her dad had one. He was a, a meat man at Vaughn's and um, they couldn't afford two cars and so he just held on to this one for a long time, right? And it was like this song. This song was his car. <laughs> I guarantee.
6: I can't see through the windshield cause he's got a big fucking crack and the interior smells real bad cause my friend puked in the back It's a piece of shit Piece of shit a shit car. A shit
4: car. When it rained, they would have puddles in the back seat, like down on the floor where your feet go. So like when he would take the kids to school, like they would get out of the car with like wet shoes because oh he had God. so much water in there. Like this thing had every time it rained, he would have to cover the car in plastic sheets because it would just mm. fill up with water. And even with the plastic sheets, it still had water inside. <laughs> He definitely had springs that poked him in the balls, you know, like that
0: fucking pile of shit. I bet he never, ever got the pussy. Well,
4: he did have children. So oh. I mean, but at least before. he got it twice. That was before. Yeah.
1: No. Yeah. Of course uh, we're talking about a song. It's the first song on this album. It's called Ode to My Car. Yeah. Right. And it's a really yeah. good starter song for what Adam Sandler is all about with this song I think. I think it's it's a very good placement of the track on the album yeah. because it, it it lets you know that okay these songs are worth listening to. I don't want to skip the songs because this one is a great setup. It's sure. probably the best song he ever made though. So Oh,
0: definitely. This might have been my favorite thing to listen to when I was a kid. Again, it's kind of one of those like the language is stuff you don't usually hear and it's really cool and it's really funny, but yeah, I love this song.
6: Take bite, too. And I got no fucking breaks. I'm always way out of control. Eleven times a day, I hear, hey,
5: watch it, asshole. You fucking
6: piece of shit. Piece of shit. I got a piece of shit. I got a piece of shit. Piece of gas.
4: Yeah, so I got a good take on this. Listening to it now, probably not having listened to it in 20 years, when I was a kid, the song was just, it was hilarious, right? It was just funny. Picturing this reggae guy talking about his piece of shit car, you know. And now, after listening to it, I go back and listen. And the production quality of this song compared to his pre- the songs on his previous album and probably other songs that were on this album, it was just so well done. The sound is good. It's got a really good like reggae melody. He's got backup singers in there. And and the thing that I really appreciated about this song was that it wasn't Adam Sandler being an obnoxious little ghoul fucking elf voice, right? Like that fake bullshit that he does on so many songs and so many skits. This was genuinely him singing as a... Whatever a Jamaican reggae guy. Right. right? He he dabbles in different genres with the songs. But and on this one, and but he fucking nailed it, dude. Obviously, you know that it's Adam Sandler and you know that it's him putting on a voice, but it's not him being an obnoxious, weird, gibberish guy like like Billy Madison for laughs. He made a good fucking song. With good music, hilarious lyrics, good production value song, and probably the best one that he's ever done. And and I'm not trying to like praise him, you know, as an almighty here or something. It's just now, 20 years later, you can see this song for what it really is, and it was really gold. It really fucking was for him.
6: The engine likes to flood. The car always fucking stalls. Yeah, nasty cushions got a big rip, so a spring always pokes the balls. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Plus, the door locks are busted. I got to use a fucking port hanger. What a pain in his ass. And if a girl he sees my car, there's no chance I'll ever bang her. He never Hey, shout out.
1: We see this a little bit more in some of his other songs, but I think he's actually a pretty good singer. I yeah. genuinely think he's a good singer.
0: Well, listen to the beginning of at a medium pace, like he's got a really nice,
1: smooth voice. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll touch on some of those as well. but one quick note on "Ode to My Car" as well is that, you know, he has these backup singers that are kind of like leading the chorus. And like at one point he argues with them, like
4: they make fun of him even for the
1: car. Hey, shut up. Yeah, he's like, hey, shut up.
4: (laughs) Yeah, because they were like, he was talking about how bad his car is. And then the backup singers are like, he'll never, ever get the pussy. He's (laughs) like, hey, shut the fuck up.
1: (laughs) It's like, hey, this is my thing. You don't get to make fun of me for it. (laughs) Yeah, like I'm already making fun of myself here.
6: What fuck did I do? What the fuck did I do? What the fuck did I do? Who gets stuck with you? You're too hard for drive through, and you smell like tissue. But I'm too broke to buy something new. Oh,
1: fuck me. Now, each Adam Sandler album has these tracks that I'm pretty sure are just filler tracks. And some work better than others. I don't think they work particularly well in this album. The filler tracks and the, the recurring character is one called the Excited Southerner. And now the Excited Southerner proposes to a girl. You wanted to ask me something?
5: Yes, I did. I, first of all, I just want to say that you're a know, very pretty girl. And, uh, I, who, you know, we've known each other for so long now. And it's about time that the two of us, but, uh, we're both getting older right now. And, uh, I don't want to die alone. I t- t- tell you that much. Like, ooh, yeah, getting ahead of myself. Gotta slow down. Ooh, concentrate on what I'm trying to get across to you right now. Ooh, I'd be willing to be a house husband. I have, you don't have to c- c- quit your job. I'm, 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 I'm ooh, in the, in the pole.
0: Yeah, but he made a lot of money off the skit.
1: He did, and I want to get to that in a sec. There's five excited Southerner tracks on this album. Yeah, they're not very funny. So they really fill up, you know, a lot of the track list. You might think there's a lot on here, but these are really filler. The excited southerner orders a meal, the excited southerner gets pulled over, the excited southerner at a job interview, the excited southerner meets Mel Gibson, and the excited southerner proposes to a woman. Now, Brett, you were saying he made a lot of money off this. I think your mind is going where mine is, but what do you mean by that?
0: Yeah, because these tracks are what inspired the the Water Boy, which was a pretty big blockbuster form. So
1: Yeah, this is definitely the proto water boy character, right? For
0: Bobby Boucher, yeah. You and I want to talk to Mama.
5: Oh, oh, oh Mama said m- Mom Mama said my Mama said Mama said that m- my mom Mama said it. M- my mom my d- mama m- 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 said that she couldn't d- the,
0: the
1: Southern kid who can't talk very coherently or articulate well. But at least in the Waterboy, like, there's a plot that is kind of interesting, and then, of course, like, all of those Adam Sandler movies from that time, there's a lot of interesting side characters, right, that really do a lot. Bobby Boucher himself, just as himself, or the excited southerner in this case, I don't think is particularly funny, but it's the situations he's in, right? yeah. Brett, did you find any of the Excited Southerner tracks like funny or were they just kind of like, like I said, like just like filler, like
0: whatever? I think I listened to like one and a half and I was like, yep, I remember these. And that's it? So I guess that answers your question, (laughs) yeah. Again, I remember them all, but no, it's too much. It's obnoxious. I'm sure I thought it was funny as a kid, but.
1: I don't even know if I liked it as a kid. To me, it's kind of obnoxious. It's not funny. And it's just like. Again, to fill up the track list, right on a comedy album, I think you need at least fifteen tracks, and uh, five of them are the excited southerner. There's more than that in this case because he has songs as well. Jonathan, Bobby Boucher, excited southerner, anything?
4: I'm not a fan of it at all. Um, no, it's I, I listen to him, but it, yeah, it's definitely just a pile of shit. But <laughs> I I do also see it from the viewpoint of it takes. Some skill and a plot, if you say, to be able to actually execute this track, you know, each of these um excited Southerner, like they, they had to have something that he was trying to communicate, and for him to get into the role and mindset of somebody who's got like Tourette's mixed with. I don't know, like ADD to the max. Like I, I respect the fact that it took respect. you some, gotta respect it. Yeah, right. <laughs> it took somebody's creativeness to actually be able to make this like he in a minute and a half or whatever. I think they're probably like a minute, maybe a minute and 10 or so Um, each one of these to be able to just ramble on consecutively like that and get it to the point where it's a complete, Something. I'm not saying it's a complete good thing, but it's a complete something. I think it still is merits some sort of value. You're giving him some credit for him, okay? Yeah. Not that I enjoy it, but I'm <laughs> I'm giving him some credit.
5: Hey guys, so what's up? You're gonna show me this talking goat you hang out with, or
1: what?
0: All right, but we can't stay long because huh? we got to get to that reggae fest.
1: Yeah, and you got to be quiet because the old man who lives in the house he doesn't like anyone talking to his goat. God. Hey Goat, how's it
5: going? Ah, it's dark, I cannot see you, come closer. Hello?
3: Hey, what's up? Maggie? Hey, man. Hey. What's going
5: on? Hi. What's the good word there? Well, so what are you doing? You are just sitting there in the uh, pickup truck or what? Yes, hey, 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 wise guy. i am mm-hmm. tied to it with a three-foot rope, so pretty much my options are limited, you fucking <laughs> wise ass. What's going on, fellas? Hey, is your old man around? No, no, no. That cocksucker's sleeping, man. Fucking passed out. <laughs> he was drinking since this morning, like three pints of fucking Jimmy Bean. Really? He fucking whacked out of his skull. Fuck him. Oh.
0: Jeez. Hey, by the way, Goat, this is our friend Robert. Hello, Robert. Uh,
5: salutation.
8: Wow, you were
5: talking Goat. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. great. I can talk. Terrific. <laughs> so what were you doing, playing the football or something, throwing it around like the boys? Yeah, we were
1: throwing- Brett, you're the Goat of spoilers, but I want you to talk about the Goat of this album.
0: Yeah, so this is, uh, I think John mentioned earlier, uh, Jonathan mentioned earlier that this one is just still quoted all the time. Hey, you going to the ragu festival? I mean, it's just a really, really funny story about, I don't know. He's like obnoxious. The kids think he's cool as talking goat, but they're like, it's not cool enough that they want him tagging along. And the old man beats him and he listens to AM radio. And it's just really funny. He's got all these really funny stories and how his nuts stink. And just, it's just a really, really classic. I think he did a follow-up. I think I bought the third CD. Which wasn't very good, but I think he had a follow up to the goat.
1: Yeah, he gave like the backstory. I remember yeah. someone telling me about that in high school. This is probably the most famous track of both of his albums. Yeah. I think the goat skit. Aside from music, aside from like maybe the Hanukkah song.
0: Well, the Hanukkah song is definitely number one, I would say, but
4: by far, yeah.
1: But in terms of like the skits, like yeah. the comedy skits yeah. themselves, for a- sure, everyone likes the goat. This is one I played for my little brother as well. It's about a talking goat and some local guys, some local guys, I assume in Oklahoma somewhere, they know of a local farm that has a goat that can talk and they just go and talk to it. Now, I don't, I played this track so many times. It's kind of like the rush hour effect for me. I don't really see the comedy anymore. Like I burned it out. I listen to this a lot. Jonathan, yeah, yeah. we used to quote this a lot. All the time. How often did we say, fuck me and the goat ass? Oh, dude. I yeah. mean, it was probably every five minutes. <laughs> yeah.
5: That's nice to say. Ooh, the grass is soft. Hey, goat, go out for a pass. <laughs> yeah, go out. With the football, you're going to throw it? Yeah. It's a little too big, you know? The <laughs> football, if you guys had a, a a tennis ball, I could see, but I got to catch it with my mouth, you know? I don't got no fingers oh, like yeah. you guys, so... Football, I could cause some damage, but uh, what
2: else? Just give it a try. Yeah, give it a ah, oh, well, oh, fuck me. All right, all right. Good deep. Ow, fuck me in the goat ass.
5: <laughs> Shit. You fucking whizzed that thing. Oh, <laughs> right in the eye, that must have hurt. Uh, fuck. <laughs> Ooh, that <laughs> thing is pointy, fellas. He's fucking a uh, regular <laughs> Starbuck over there.
7: You okay, goat? Nah,
5: you button hooked me. Yeah, I didn't nice know you try. were gonna button hook me. I think you got a knot there. Huh? A knot. Yeah, yeah. you better not uh, mention that again, you cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways.
1: Yeah. Especially if but, I missed the pass. That was like my perfect out.
4: Yeah. Right? Like yeah. if like someone is going to... Wow, th- you really whizzed that one. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> fuck me and the goat ass shit. Right. That could totally like de-escalate the situation if I missed the pass <laughs> by just saying fuck me and the goat ass. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. See, but it's way more fun when we share the comedic value based on our experience than it is actually just listening to the track itself. Like I didn't listen to it and chuckle out loud, but like in my mind, it was still funny. But like this and talking about it and reminiscing, that's the part that that provides the value to me over this track.
1: For sure, man. Definitely. I mean, I I listened to it a couple of times in preparation for this. I also didn't laugh, but it's because I've listened to this so many times. Like, yeah. So many times. Definitely. But there was one part that I kind of forgot about that yeah. did kind of make me smile at least. Uh-huh. And that's when the goat is bickering with the old man. And the old man's like,
0: Because if you even think of getting off that truck, I'll take out my hickory stick and shove it up the smelly goat ass.
5: Okay. Loud and clear. I understand. That's
4: pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. The. One other part that that stuck with me always was you um he talks about the old man wanting to fight him 30s style boxing and he says put your dukes up and ah, i got fucking no dukes you know and so yep. I, that part has stuck with me and i'll I'll still quote that to this day it, it i got fucking a, no dukes
1: <laughs> it paints a good picture i still say put your dukes up too occasionally like in my yeah. real life like that one has like been with me for more than 20 years you know yeah but like it paints a good picture when he says that of like this old timey like boxer guy with a mustache like with right. his fists out but like his fingers like facing him you know the old style like boxing yeah, yeah. there's something about this track that you can kind of see it in your brain right like yeah. there's there's good sound design in these definitely like you can hear the goat on the grass like you, yeah. when he says oh, his the, trot yeah his trot on the grass yeah. like his running the way they mix the audio like when the goat runs out for a pass. Like, yeah. it, it's mixed to the left, so it sounds yeah. like he's, like, far away on one side, like right. he's not centered.
0: Yeah, it's good.
4: The The sound design is really good. I, even to the details of, like, hoof prints on the bed of the truck, like, that sound was perfect. Yes. You know, they they did a really good job with the audio quality on this, definitely. Brett, why do you think The
1: Goat is, like, such a popular track for people, like, that listened to this back in the day or at the
0: time? I mean, I think kind of like what you're saying, it's got a lot of quotable things. I mean, you guys say you didn't laugh now, but you guys laughed back then, right? I I did laugh, especially at the pass, right? When they try to throw
1: a football to the goat. Yeah. And he like runs out and it just fucking dings him in the head. Like that part was like a big eruption of laughter moment for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just funny.
1: It's funny, I guess. I don't know. Is it like the concept of like a goat that can talk? Like that doesn't sound funny, but why is it funny? No.
0: It's more of just, I think his voice is really funny and the things he says uh, kind of backwards, like again, like the Ragu Festival and. What
5: else, fellas? What are you doing? We should go get some beers and look at some girls. Yeah, or actually, whatever. we're going to the
8: reggae festival.
5: Oh, yeah. the Ragu Festival. Ah, uh, Ragu reggae. Yeah. I heard about that thing on the AM radio. Oh, you did, huh? Yeah, sure. Sometimes the old man passes out and he leaves the AM radio on, so I get to hear the oldie songs. And some current event kind of things, you know. The DJs like to talk and yeah, that's whatnot. Cool. I pay attention to them. It's not MTZ, you know, like you guys listen to, but it keeps me current. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch the TV because I'm not allowed in the house. The fucking old man says, "You come in the house, I'll give you an even worse beating." Yeah. Oh, One time gross. I went in the house, you know, you know, and I know why he way. doesn't want me to go in there. Why not? Because he the fucking house reeks worse than my nuts do. The <laughs> oh, <laughs> fucking old man's gotta get a maid. <laughs> uh, Any anyway.
4: <laughs> yeah. One, one of the things about this track that I see now as compared to when I was a kid, like as a kid, I thought it was hilarious. These these guys just fucking with the goat. Right. They show up and they're their whole intention is to show their buddy that the goat talks and then to go fuck with him. You know?
1: Yeah. And it's and, like and they're now, kind of friends with him, but they kind of just like they see him as a lower life form.
4: Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. And and now I look at it. And now I just hear the goat that's like desperate for wanting, like he wants to be liked and wants to be wanted. Like he wants to be part of these guys who are so cool to him, but will never be on their level. And I mean, they talk about, go- they took him to the roller coaster and on the loop, the loop, you know, they, brought and they took this a picture fucking
1: goat on a roller coaster.
4: Yeah. You know, you just, you just desperately see this person that like, Not a person, a goat that wants to fit in with these people. He wants to go to the Ragu Festival, you know? And and um I feel for the goat, man. He's got a fucked up life, dude. He's got a a a fat fucking kid that comes and throws cinder blocks on him and shit while he's tied up to the back (laughs) of a truck. Fuck that one. Look out for him. Yeah.
5: So,
0: goat, how are the neighborhood kids treating you? They still shitting on you? Yeah,
5: you know, not as much as they used to. You fucking kid growing up, you guys would fuck with me. These kids are fucking, you know, little pansies compared to you. (laughs) Except this one fat shit, uh, Garaputo. You know know. what I'm talking about? The fucking 10 year old little fucking wise guy. Uh He's a porker, that kid of fat shit. (laughs) (laughs) He takes out his fat aggression on me, you know, to try to impress his friends. He's always fucking (laughs) (laughs) with me, throwing rocks at me and calling me stinky nuts. You (laughs) know, shit fucking kid. One, he went over. Last week, to make yeah. his friends, that he chucked a fucking cinder block at me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was fucked up, you know. He chipped one of my horns. Oh. That what kid's like fuck? a sick fuck, you know. He's gonna grow up and fucking kill someone. He's the, he's a fucking oh. mental case. Keep your eye on him.
4: Okay. This goat is just his whole life is just fucked, man. And he just is looking for an out. He really is, Jonathan. I love your analytical takes of these. I, I hope for more <laughs> <laughs> throughout this pot. <laughs> like I, I don't know. I just see it for more than what the the face value was from when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And a- as a kid, it was just, everything was just funny because I was not supposed to have it at our age, that 12 years old, having, you know, parental advisory albums was Hell like, yeah. not cool or not. Okay. By our parents, but like, we still had the shit, you know? And, and, um,
1: I love seeing that label on the cover of an album, absolutely. parental advisory. I was like, fuck. Yeah.
4: Yes. I was going to try to get it no matter what. Yeah. So yeah, it's just, it's just totally different perspective as you've gained experience, right. And life, yeah. you you just sort of look at things from a different light. I can still see it from the viewpoint of that 12 year old kid that I was listening to this. But now I also see it from the viewpoint of a 37 year old person with some miles on him. <laughs> Got a few miles. Yeah. Yeah. Just a few, you know, so it's, it's just, it, it's fun to be able to go back and forth with that A lot of these are
1: like dual perspective Definitely yeah. Like you, you have your two takes The take I had as a kid And the take I have now Yeah Although I don't think I have a whole fresh take On the next track Which is the Hanukkah song Put your
6: yamaka, here comes Hanukkah So much Hanukkah To celebrate Hanukkah
1: very famous adam sandler song everyone knows the hanukkah song uh i think it's pretty awful i don't like it at all but
4: jonathan do you like the hanukkah song i'm glad that little jewish kids everywhere have a song that they can listen to for hanukkah besides finally besides something in hebrew
0: (laughs) Or, or Dreidel, Dreidel, Dreidel.
1: Yeah, seriously. He also made, the, those songs are way better. The Klezmer music, I'll take Klezmer music any day over the fucking Hanukkah song. But you know what? He also made that Hanukkah movie for the holidays, yeah. that animated movie. which eight probably, Crazy Nights. Eight Crazy Nights, which probably should have been on my worst Adam Sandler movies list now that I think about it, because it is an absolute piece of shit. But anyway, sorry. Go ahead, Jonathan.
4: <laughs> no, I I think it was it was funny in the 90s it was unique for the time and i think it was a good uh a good move for him it definitely projected him to another level of musicianship at the time i want to say you know it really boosted his saturday night live career i think as well it probably pushed him to get further contracts with snl i think he it, this came out during like peak billy madison and adam sandler or um Happy Gilmore like all during that era right like 95 96 something like that Yeah he was so, kind of like a hit comedian
1: of the 90s he was like a Jim yeah, Carrey in his own right Yeah
4: I, and he was pretty ripped at the time too like remember in Billy Madison he had, he had his shirt off in the pool Oh yeah um, he was in, toned dude in Airheads he was he was pretty ripped he in that one too He had nice
1: biceps and Airheads
4: Yeah so he um and and I think he was like he played that character of kind of a A shy, weird, doofus, comedian, musician, and he was kind of like a sex symbol for the lesser beautiful people out there, you know? Like he wasn't like a Johnny Depp of his time, but he was probably banging broads like just as often. Unless he had that piece of shit car. Then he wasn't yeah. getting nothing. <laughs> then he never ever got the pussy when yeah. he had that car. But, you know, I, I think I, I just think that this track, because there was nothing else like it and it was had pretty decent comedic value, I guess. But it also brought some awareness of the Jewish people with that people may have never thought were like maybe your favorite celebrity was a Jew. You didn't know. Well, fuck, I just found out from an Adam Sandler song.
6: David Lee Roth lights the menorah. So do James Conkert Douglas and the late Shore. Guess who eats together at the Carnegie Deli? Bowser from Shanana and Arthur Fonzarelli.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it um, was informative in that way. Yeah, but definitely. It's also time stamped in a weird way because he talks about like OJ. He goes, yeah, OJ Simpson. Not a Jew. Not a for Jew. The, for the record, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like this song, I'm not. I don't want to say it can't be played today because it can. But like children today, I don't know if they know OJ Simpson the way that we do, or no. like, they might like vaguely know that he killed someone.
4: Kid, kids today, kids today will will not even know any of the people that were listed on this track, like Goldie Hawn and and Goldie um, Han, yeah. and Who and the, the, the Fonzarelli. Like,
0: well, they'll know Tom. Tom Cruise, but yeah.
4: Yeah, that's probably the only star that's still even making something these days. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, besides that, the kids these days aren't going to know any of that. This really is only valid for people that were growing up our age or maybe Gen 10, 10, 15 years older than us who yeah. might have been into his comedy watching Saturday Night Live at the time. And that's really the only like group of people that, would find this song relevant?
6: Paul Newman's half Jewish, Goldie Horns have to Put them together, what a fine looking Jew!
2: <laughs> you don't need deck the halls or Jingle Bell because you can spin a dreidel with Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock, both Jewish. <laughs>
1: Brett, what do you think about the Hanukkah song?
0: Well, I mean, like, again, we were talking about it's kind of a it was kind of a cultural phenomenon. I played it on the radio around Christmas time. Oh, yeah. I, just have, really, I have fond memories of, uh, you know, we thought it was funny as a kid, and we didn't know a lot of the people, but I remember playing the CD for my dad when he would drive us to work, and he thought it was funny, so I don't know. And he knew all those people as well, so I have good memories of it. It's not a song I can really listen to nowadays. I can, but... It doesn't really do much for me, but I have fond memories of it, so I think it's creative. I tell
6: your friend Veronica It's time to celebrate Hanukkah Oh boy, get a harmonica On this lovely, lovely Hanukkah So drink your gin and Hanukkah And smoke your marijuana If you really, really to. How about happy, 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 happy Hanukkah Happy
2: Hanukkah
1: Speaking of what you're talking about, playing it for your dad, this is one of those songs that's safe. So, if like one of your parents is like, What's this Adam Sandler album you're listening to? You can just play him the Hanukkah song. And they'd be like, Okay, it's kind of funny, maybe slightly risque, not really knowing like how risque it actually gets. Cause the Hanukkah song is right. pretty PG for the most part. I think the only
4: bad thing in there is like the word marijuana.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of like, not that big a deal you know it's no. like it's just a like one little joke and you can tell he's joking sort of except i think he is a stoner but definitely we're gonna jump to the next actual song in here and we're gonna kind of circle back in a second brett there's a track called steve polychronopolis which is kind of like the adam sandler like bluesy track at least in terms of like the guitar riff
5: polychronopolis i'm a big fucking dick
6: I'm a pain in your ass I drink all your beer I'll eat the last slice I'll give you Charlie
5: horses I'll pull your shorts down at the beach
1: Uh, Do you have any fond memories of listening to Steve Polychronopoulos?
0: I actually don't. I I don't think it was one that I listened to that much. I, I listened to it today and I was like, I still remember the very beginning, obviously, but it didn't stick out to me. I think it maybe it didn't have enough toilet humor for me. So I don't know. It just, it just didn't do much for me. So
1: what about you, Jonathan poly Man man, <laughs> uh,
4: listen, uh, this song is just a guy talking about how much of an asshole he is. He's just right. a big fucking dick. That, that's what he calls himself in the intro to the yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's not fun to listen to. It's just like, it's pretty vulgar, like for three and a half minutes or something.
5: Nobody likes me. My name's Steve.
6: Motherfucker. Polychronopolis. I spit when I talk. I swear in front of your mother. I throw shit at the movies. I wear tight
5: pants.
4: Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, it's like. Andrew Dice Clay vibes, you know? Right. It's like I'm just I'm just very, not very into much. it. Not into it at all. Okay, good. So a universal thumbs fucking down for yeah. Steve Polychronopoulos. Yeah, 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 you can
1: skip that one. We did quote this song though when we were kids to each other. We what did what part of it? Uh you would make fun of my pimple. You would say, I'll make fun of your pimple.
4: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember that.
0: Man, you were a dick.
4: I had a bad acne when I was a kid. So I was an easy target. That's all right. Well, I'm 37. Now I have bad acne. So you can make fun of me. (laughs) All right. But yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe I don't like it too much because like I have a little bit of inner Steve Polychronopolis. You have eaten the last slice before. I can confirm that. Oh, dude, I still do that. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Hey, man, you snoozy lose, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Not a big deal. Okay, Jonathan. Yo. There's a track on this that you like that I hate called The Hypnotist. Oh, God. It's a comedy (laughs) skit. It is about a man who is a smoker. Yeah. And he wants to quit smoking. He's smoking all the time. So he goes to see a hypnotist to get hypnotized into not smoking anymore, which people really do, apparently. And supposedly it works. I don't know if it's all in their head. Mm -hmm. I've always maintained, this is a small tangent, that it would be completely impossible to hypnotize me. There's no way that someone could hypnotize me and get me to change something. Like, I feel like I'm too strong-willed. Yeah. So I've, I've always questioned hypnotism.
0: But that's the point, though. You have to let yourself go, though.
1: But if I'm just going to let myself do, I just do it, you know? Like, they don't yeah. have to suggest anything to me. So, I don't know. Hypnotism to me has always been this weird thing that, like, I, yeah. I kind of, like, slightly disbelieve in. But that's a total aside. Same. Jonathan, the hypnotist.
4: Yeah. Okay, so Kevin Nealon's the, the hypnotist on this one and he's the perfect role for this, right? Like he's really good at that doctor and, and Zen personality. We've seen him do it over and over and over again, except this time he's got a little problem. He's got really bad gas. I'll be counting back from five. I want you to relax
8: and just think of nothing. Oh man. are Are you doing that or just concentrate now? All right. That's it. Close your eyes. Keep your eyes closed.
5: Okay.
8: Okay. Now, we're very comfortable. Five. We're thinking of nothing yeah. except being comfortable, and nothing's bothering us. Okay. Okay? When I say the word relax, listen to me. You're sinking. You're yeah. sinking.
5: And, oh, my God. Hmm? That was yeah. uh, Are you going to keep go. doing that? Or? Please
8: just try to relax. That wasn't me. <laughs> okay. It's okay?
4: You're very stressed. You're very stressed. Okay? He's blaming it on everything, right? Like, oh, it's a new couch. Oh, that must be you. That's that's you shitting your pants. Nope, that must be my secretary. And so, he's really trying to get Adam Sandler to like. I don't know who, who did they even say a name? I don't even know if they said made up a name for him in this one, yeah. but whatever. So we'll just call him Adam. But he's trying so hard to be willing to be hypnotized to stop smoking, and this guy won't stop freaking farting in his pants and every fart sounds totally different from the last it's they're totally unique and i'm guilty of being as old as i am and still think fart jokes are funny i i can't i can't get away from it um i mean even at one point like kevin nealon walks out of the office shits his pants out of the office and comes back in and Adam's just like, what the fuck? I mean, I I think he did a really good job of even acting like he didn't know that this was what was going to happen. Like his laughs were in the right point. His surprised laugh, you know, hit the reactions to to every time a fart came out. And then like
0: it seemed like real laughter to me, but
4: it really did. Yeah. Yeah. Like you they actually made you believe that Kevin Nealon was Shitting his pants and blaming it on a patient, and the patient was genuinely reacting to it. All right, you feel very comfortable. You're sinking into the chair, we're relaxing.
8: One, and we're coming down to zero. Oh and my one god. Week- uh- Hmm?
5: Yes. All right. I just. No, nothing no,
8: Thank you. No. That 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 time that was you. Now we're not here to pick sides. <laughs> that wasn't me. We're not that here was... to pick sides. That All was right. you. All and right. And maybe we could deal with this in another session. But right that's now we're sorry. dealing with the smoking. All right. I know. And um, let's let's not uh, worry about anything else that's going on.
1: Adam Sandler is a good actor, and I don't know why, in a lot of his roles, he chooses not to be. But yeah. he he is, and he can pull it out when he wants. Yeah. And you're right, this is a skit where he pulls out his good acting. Yeah. That's a positive, I'll say to this. But this is essentially a
4: three-minute fart joke. Yeah.
0: It's eight minutes.
4: Oh, my God. It's and, an eight-minute fart joke? And yes. I think it's worth a listen. I really think it's worth the eight-minute listen. If you are into fart jokes or and you want to hear a good bit of acting from Adam.
1: So if you're a highbrow film critic that likes fart jokes...
0: Well... That one squirted out a little bit.
8: <laughs> Down to zero.
0: Yes.
8: Relaxing. We're going to feel very fresh. We're going to feel very healthy. Yeah. And let's take a nice deep breath.
5: <laughs> I can't breathe, sir. Uh, I'm sorry. I just. What are you right. saying? Oh, my God. What did you eat? It smells like baby food.
8: All right. We're relaxed. That, that one probably squirted out a little bit into <laughs> the pants. But we'll just continue
4: with the floating. Yeah, that was definitely a squirt. Okay. Alrighty. I mean, the yeah, Kevin's like just casualness to the entire thing is just so good. Super underrated actor.
1: The Hypnotist. Eight minute fart joke. Listen at your own discretion.
8: I can make a bigger splash than you. Oh, yeah. Give it a shot. Cat opener. Man, that one was huge.
2: Hugo. go ah jackknife that was a
7: dud jimmy shut up tracy
1: brett sh- there's a track on here called do it for your mama which isn't an innocuous enough name right do it for yep. your mom it's like okay well i'm gonna help my mom with something let's hear what this track is all about this track is fucking insane like this is some of the most depraved crazy adam sandler shit you'll ever hear don't you agree
0: yeah, and it was always always one of my favorites. It's st- I I still say Chakin Balls. I mean, to me, it was really really funny. The kids just tried to ignore her, and but way well, over there by that bush, do not you? B-? I mean, he's got a healthy hog. You you've seen it. I mean, <laughs> to me, yeah, it is it's crazy. Brett,
1: what's the premise of this one for anyone that hasn't heard it?
0: Okay, so it sounds like the mo- a mom has normal. I would say it's I don't know if they're trying to go with stereotypical Jewish mom. I don't know. That's usually what he goes for with moms. And she's obsessed with, she wants all of her kids to whip out their cock and balls and play with them. I mean, go don't you lay on the side of the pool and jiggle your balls for mama? I mean, she just, that's all she wants them to do. And they're just like, uh, no, because they're kids. And then she gets involved in her daughter's life, said, he just wants you to jerk, jerk them off. And it's, she's just obsessed with it. And apparently you find out later that that's because that's how her mom was.
5: Lunchtime, kids! All right! I made some jelly sandwiches and sliced up some cantaloupe. I figured you could eat a little food and then maybe play with your cock and balls for a while.
8: I'm just going to eat, Mom. All
5: right, and then maybe a little later you play with your cock and balls for Mama.
8: I don't think so.
5: Okay, baby. Slow down, Jimmy. You're
2: already halfway
1: done. This is some of the craziest shit you'll ever hear in a comedy sketch. A mom just constantly telling their kids to jerk off. That's what this is for several minutes. And it's so fucking weird, isn't it, Jonathan?
4: And telling the brothers to jerk each other off. Right. Yeah. With sunscreen lotion.
2: Mom, where's the suntan lotion? It's under the chair, baby.
5: Are you going to lube up your cock and balls and whack it for a little bit?
8: Uh, no, I'm just going to put some on my face so I don't get sunburned.
5: Smart thinking, honey. And while you're at it, you can put some on your brother's ding dong and knock around his nuts for him. Mom. Well, Jimmy, let your brother whack your cock and nuts for a little bit. You're not playing with them right now, so why not let him share, baby?
0: You're weird, mom. I'm going swimming.
4: It's just, it, it's just fucked up. It, it's it's fucked gross. Up. It's I, gross. <laughs> it's super cringe. I, I, as a kid, yeah. I thought it was funny because it was, it was extreme. Like. It was wild to hear this. Like it was it it was just so crazy. It pushes the envelope. It's like some of the
1: wildest shit you'll ever hear.
4: Right. Still
0: funny to me, still funny to me. Sorry, I can't help it.
1: (laughs) I I can't I can't get on board with it. There's a couple zingers in there that kind of still work for me, but the premise overall I I don't like. Like I like when the mom says
5: It's just his way of telling you he wants you to smack around his cock and ball some more, honey. He's got some balls and some cock. You gotta stroke his schlong or at least bite his nuts, Mom.
4: Yeah, she she tells that to the to the daughter to do that to the boyfriend. She said, you know, she tells her, don't worry about your body image. Just basically, he just
0: wants you to jerk his nuts or something. That yeah,
4: yeah, just jerk him off, right? And and he's not gonna give a shit if you're four pounds overweight.
1: The, the phrase bite his nuts is one of the things that I think is, is kind of genuinely funny. Like, wh- who wants that? Like, it's just such a bizarre thing to tell someone to
4: do. There's a very small, probably kink yeah. group out there that likes that shit. Yeah,
1: I'm kink shaming. Fuck. Yeah. I knew
4: it. They're going to come for you.
6: You don't mind that I think everybody's a robot and all my conversations are being recorded. And you don't mind that all my pants
7: are way too short on me. And I also stabbed someone with with a pair of scissors 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 a long time ago. ago.
6: Yeah, that i collected animals from the side of the road Then pretend they're alive and think I'm a famous football player And you don't have a problem with me When I follow
7: people i never met before.
1: But speaking of Crazy Love, there is a song called Crazy Love, and I'll take the lead on this one. Crazy Love is a song with Adam Sandler And he's doing a duet with some woman. I don't know who exactly. She's a fucking awful singer. I hate her voice. I hate her vocal style. But it's about two people that I guess are like. On like the fringes of mental stability. And they're talking about how. They engage in all these bizarre practices. But they accept each other for it. So it's like ultimately the song about. Two people that. Are nuts. But they're okay with it for each other. Right. Like they're they're accepting because they both have their issues but it it's just like dumb the shit they say like the stuff that like they, they they're willing to accept
6: thank you, and you don't make fun of me.
4: so it's really like two normal people <laughs> like everybody's a little crazy to their own degree out there and we that's how you really like i don't know love somebody you find out if you're willing to put up with their crazy or not
1: yeah, but and you know, they the, they they kind of push it in this yeah, one. Yeah, but. this
4: one's a little overboard, like it's a little extreme compared to real life, but I, I just couldn't get on board with this track, man. Yeah. It's like some boring ass Sonny and Share shit from the sixties. That's like, what they're
1: going for. That's a yeah. perfect way to categorize the the genre that he's trying to capture here. Yeah.
4: Yeah, like Captain and Tennille or like Sonny and Share shit, yeah. dude. It's just like I I just can't go for it, man. Like, I I really think... You know what it probably was, dude? He probably got inspired by this because it's probably around the time that Sonny Bono fucking hit the tree, dude, and died. Yeah. So I bet you that's what he inspired him to write this. A death. Yeah. Yeah, that's very inspirational.
1: But... um, I want to say the cringiest thing about this track, though, is not the track itself. It's me. It's me, guys. I'm the cringiest thing about this, and I'll tell you why. When I was in high school, I was dating this girl and I made her a mix CD, right? You know how you make like a mix CD of like sure, all yeah. your your songs or like, I put like, you know, Wish You Were Here yeah. by Pink Floyd yeah. on there, yeah. a, a couple others, but one of them I put on there was Crazy Love. And that was on the like romantic mix CD I made for this girl, which I thought would be like a really funny addition to have like thrown in there. Yeah. But looking back on that. <clears throat> well that's a mistake. That was I yeah. feel so fucking embarrassed that I put this song on that. And it's just the fact making a mixed CD in general is pretty <laughs> cringe. Kids nowadays don't have to do it because they don't use CDs, right? They don't listen yeah. to CDs, they just use their phone or whatever. Yeah. But it was kind of a thing that was done, mix tapes and mix CDs more our generation in high school. Sure. You would make that for a girl you were dating and uh I put Crazy Love on there. I'm, I'm ashamed to say.
6: Cause I'm afraid to talk to people Cause I know that they're all robots Who are seeking information They can't fool you, sweetheart And I know that you know that I'm the
7: one Who burned my cousin Chester's house to the ground But you told the cops we were outballing and dancing When they came and questioned
3: you I ain't
6: going think, Doc, I only act to love you. We go deep with our hands. My crazy, no. My crazy, crazy love uh, I wish everybody was dead except for you, baby. Oh, I feel the same way. Would you we'll throw some, some macaroni on me? Oh, yeah,
5: sure, here you go.
1: real quick there's something on here called Adventures of Cow. Jonathan, I don't know if you have anything to say about it. I I kind of look at this as like a filler track. Can you explain the premise of Adventures of Cow?
4: Yeah, so I I think you're you're 100% right in saying it was just filler. I guess it's kind of entertaining sort of, but basically the the premise is that there's a cow that is doing these things that a cow wouldn't normally do, right? Like a cow gets hit by a pitch in a baseball game. Like, okay, obviously cows don't fucking play baseball, but I think the moo <laughs> reaction. It's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> like the moo reactions, like that's probably what I would expect. If you take a baseball and just chuck it at a cow and hit it, Right in the neck, or something. Like, I think that I want to think that the reactions they put in for these unfortunate situations for the cow were on point. And now, a cow at bat in the bottom of
5: the sixth inning of a Little League game getting hit by a pitch.
3: (laughs) Take it back.
1: It's almost like his sound guy was like, I I can make these cow moves and I can like make variations of them or I can modify my voice. So it's like a cow. Yeah.
4: And they built a whole track around that. Right. So I have the situations, right? So we have the cow gets hit by a pitch in a baseball game. We've got a cow going skydiving. That one was kind of entertaining, I guess, because like, could you imagine a, a skydiving instructor like pushing a cow out of a fucking plane? That's pretty out there. The cow goes to the chicken hut drive through and they forget his French fries. So
1: fucking, but like
4: the premise of that was probably the best one, right? So the cow goes through the drive through to get chicken, not like the chicken going through to get, I don't know, instead of a hamburger. Right. Right. Okay. But like the part that made me mad was he forgot the fries. Right. But He pulls over and chucks the entire order out the window onto the street just because they forgot his fries. Like, dude, now you're even more hungry, man. Like you could just deal with not having the fries, but dude, now you just threw away your whole entire meal. What a fucking waste. Maybe the cow was drunk.
1: One time when i was drunk i went through taco bell i went through the drive-thru and they gave me the wrong food so like after i got out of the drive-thru i realized it and the, the front door was closed because it was like later yeah but my drunk reaction was to take everything out of the bag and chuck it at the glass That's fucked chuck up. it at taco bell yeah. and yell at them and yeah. then drive away angrily that was the way my brain worked while drunk apparently
0: you mean somebody else drove you away right
1: Um, yes.
0: Yes. Yes. I thought so.
1: Yeah. The cow drove him. Yeah. Yeah. A 60 year old guy drove me. (laughs) Dumb as shit. Adventures of cow.
4: Yeah. There's more, there's more adventures of cow, but it's not even really like worth it. I mean, maybe honorable mention that like the cow got a prank phone call from uh, a fake or somebody pretending to be Anna Nicole Smith, but like nobody these days even knows who that is.
1: Yeah, who the f- yeah? I mean, I know, but like you know, someone would be thinking, "Who the fuck is Anna Nicole Smith?" Right. Especially like a Gen Zer, you know. Yeah,
4: no, no, no clue. There, there, that would have no comedic value to them because they don't understand what the joke is. And that's all we really have to say about that.
5: Jabberwocky, ding
2: dong, slip, slap, sleep. Dipstick, stick, patty, whack. Pee-pee, googly-gee. Polly, wally sling, slang, school wee
5: dibbly-doo. Wing, wong, ping-pong, king-kong,
2: chong jong hop-hip, kajagoo-goo. Hickory dickory, slickery flip-flap, dip, skip to my loo.
1: Dip, doodle. Dip, doodle is a song That is, it's almost like classic Adam Sandler because he's so Adam Sandler-y in the song.
4: That's that gibberish.
1: The gibberish grandma song. Yeah. Yeah. And he kind of does this a little bit later with instead of gibberish, like randomness in a different track. But before I get ahead of myself, Brett, I want to toss to you for Dip Doodle. Is it a song that you find (sighs) funny and is it one that you would listen to or would you skip this?
0: Okay, so this is this was one I listened to. I remembered it as it was going along, barely. It wasn't a song I ever listened to because, again, when we were 12, 11, 12, 13, we were looking for the R-rated stuff. Exactly. But I did think when I listened to it that it was, pardon me for saying this, cuter than I thought it would be. And I could see a certain amount of people thinking it was cute and goofy enough. But, no, it's not really for me, but... This would be a song that I bet my, you know, seven-year-old nephew would think was funny, which is its own type of audience, so I guess that maybe answers your question.
1: Yeah, it is interesting how he kind of fits those in there, right? Like this and the Hanukkah song, right? Like, you have some of the craziest shit you've ever heard in here, like yeah. Do It For Your Mama, and then you have Dip Doodle, which is just kind of like a Adam Sandler saying gibberish and then talking about doing weird stuff to help out your grandma,
2: you gotta doodle, you gotta stop playing with your noodle cause grandma said it'll make you go blind you gotta give her, you gotta give her
6: you gotta change grandma's diaper and then pretend that you really didn't mind. Oh, respect to the grandma.
1: But, you know, this whole podcast is really a trip down memory lane for me. I'll say that. Jonathan, there's a track called Memory Lane on this. We've kind of alluded to this track a little bit, talking about 60-year-old guys. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I... Does this remind you of a time when you <laughs> saw a 60-year-old guy
4: sliding down a water slide by any chance? It reminds what? me of a 60-year-old man... That made me fuck him in the ass in front of his kids. (laughs) What the fuck, dude? (laughs) Screw you for judging me. He wanted me to
1: do it.
5: Hey, check it out. A water slide. Cool. Man, those things always remind me of my 13th birthday party. Remember that? I remember. I remember that.
7: Reminds me of that girl I met last summer who was a lifeguard at one of those things. She was unbelievable.
8: She was 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 good, man. It reminds me of that rich girl I went out with. And when her dad went out of town, we fooled around in his jacuzzi.
5: Oh, yeah. I remember that. That's right. It also reminds me of the time I saw the 60-year-old man slide down one of those things. And he was going so fast, his bathing suit fell off. And I just stood there and stared at his big,
4: beautiful, hairy balls flopping around. Holy jeez, I wanted to lick them. Yeah, th- this is uh, it's a weird skit, man. And there's four dudes that are out like on a road trip. I imagine them being like on a long road trip in the middle of Utah. yeah, uh, Taking the the 70 from Vegas out towards, you know, Moab or something. <laughs> and like, That's you perfect. know, they're in these like, you know, national park areas. Right. And they're just like, hey, man, do you remember that one time from growing up? And uh, we we smelled that skunk. He's like, yeah, man, that thing stinks. He's like, remember when it smelled like weed? Yeah. Remember when it smells like ass? And then the guy goes, yeah, reminds me of a 60-year-old guy's ass. And then they pull over and kick him out of the car. So So,
1: so at first you're kind of like, okay. It was weird of
4: him to say that. But like
1: they toss him out of the car for that. Yeah. And then you kind of start to see like there's some... These guys have problems with sixty-year-old men that have been like repressed for years.
4: Yeah, like they're all secretly like I don't know, man. Maybe they were all like young little Catholic boys that got touched by yeah, we're really a really sixty-year-old priest. <laughs> Reading between the lines. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just like to pretend that.
8: <laughs> hey, there's a pizza place. It smells awesome. It reminds me of the time when I used to work at a pizza place. It reminds me of the first date I had with this girl, Ginger. I took her to a <laughs> pizza place. Hey, it also reminds me of the time I ate a slice of pizza and then went
7: over
2: to a 60 year old man's house and made him fuck me in the ass in front of his kids. <laughs> Don't get all high and mighty. He wanted me to do it. You for me?
4: But it's like every. Every time they go down this memory lane, they come up the third person or the last person in, in the order comes up with a memory that has to do with a 60 year old man's ass. And it's just like every time it gets worse and worse. Until it came up with that one where they were talking about <laughs> fucking a 60 year old man in the ass in front of his kids. It is absolutely batshit.
1: Just like do it for your mama. It's, it's like they wrote an SNL skit, but it was too extreme for SNL. And yeah. I kind of feel similar vibes with a lot of his tracks. I'm going to talk about some specifically later. Yeah, But it's some of the most wild shit you'll ever hear. And it's so random and yeah. so extreme that this is the perfect thing for a 13-year-old boy. Brett, would you agree?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm actually really mad and embarrassed myself because I did not... We listened to this one, and then you guys said the sixty-year-old man earlier, and I was like, "Wait!" And then I just started thinking about it, and I just read through the skit, and I have not thought about that in so long, and I was laughing while reading it, and you guys were doing that, so I apologize for that, but I'm kind of pumped that I got the surprise, and I can't. As soon as we're done, I'm going to listen to it. God, I used to love that, and I completely forgot about it. I know then-
1: it's because the the title, like some of the other titles, is so innocuous. Memory yeah. Lane, right? Yeah. You look at that and you're like, which one is that? Oh, that's yeah. the fucking one that gets progressively crazier and sexual. God, I haven't
0: thought about it in so long.
4: Yeah. Yep. The, the shock value with this one is like, I mean, you get you get your money's worth on that track for sure. And then the best part is the very end when the last, the lone driver, right? Crashes into the cow. Right.
1: It's like the return. There's a few connective threads in these albums that are kind of yeah. weird. The like move. the cow shows up again in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
8: Hey, what's that? Oh, oh my God!
2: Ah! Hey,
5: that last skit was written for a reason. If any of your buddies have fooled around with a 60-year-old man, don't throw them out of your car, or you will die. Now enjoy the rest of the album.
1: I'm going to talk about the last two music tracks on here real quick and you guys can jump in if you have anything to say i I doubt you will i doubt no mr bake O is one song that i used to always skip that's the one i'm fucking wasted which i don't think is a really particularly good song and i don't think it's particularly funny but there is kind of something that stuck with me toward the end of it and it's kind of when he starts doing his rob schneider voice when he goes, it's the best shit I ever fucking tasted. That is something that I used to say when I was a kid a little bit. But other than that, I don't think the song has much merit or value.
6: What the hell's up with-
4: It, it made me think of the wasted guy. I'm so wasted guy on the first album. Yeah,
1: right. It, it, it does seem to be a little bit of a callback to that. And I know we're doing the albums out of order. So that might seem weird, yeah. but we'll talk about the wasted guy soon. The last track on this album is what the hell happened to me. that's the other song I was talking about, which is the name of the album. So you might think it would be good, but it is in fact a horrible piece of shit <laughs> song. And, you know, I hate to say that because I, I can tell he's trying something here. Like, he's doing different genres of music, different styles, I should say. Yeah. This is kind of like a lounge song with piano. and Yeah. You know, I, I think the whole point of making this the, the title of the album was just so that he can put, like, a picture of himself as a kid, which is kind of like a, a cute album cover. And it, it is a little bit, like, offsetting compared to the content of the album by and large right seeing him as a little cute kid on yeah. christmas morning on the cover of the album and then you listen to the album and it's just like this like mostly crazy raunchy humor yeah. so that i can kind of see the um the comparison between those two things and that being an interesting way to introduce the album art i i, I don't like this song though i don't think it's good i don't think it's funny no it's bad by and large
6: I used to ride my big wheel And sell lemonade Eat popcorn with grandpa While we watched a parade But now I'm only happy When I'm drinking JD What the hell happened to me I'm throwing snowballs with my best friend Billy. The mom would make us cocoa if we got too chilly. But now I only get excited when I see a girl pee. What the hell happened to me?
4: Yeah, I mean it was it, it, the so- the whole purpose of the song is just to show a comparison of like how he once was and how fucked up he is now. And like, how did I get here? You know um, what, what was the journey that brought me to my level of fucked up And it's
1: a, it's a question that he doesn't answer really in the song, right? No, no, the song no, no. is about the question. Like, why am I so fucked up now? Yeah. When I used to be a kid, everything was cool, but yeah. And I don't think it's a particularly good song. No, the only real thing I'll give it is that it's, it's an interesting style for him to do of music. Not that it's good. I just think it's kind of unique and.
4: Yeah, um, I, you know, if you go back and listen to all the tracks uh, between this and and the first album, you'll find things from like, I don't know, kind of like a, a jazz lounge kind of music. Then you have like you have a like a roadhouse a bluesy kind of rock thing. You have the reggae, you've got just like a rock ballad and then you've got like a heavy metal kind of more song. And then that, that, that duet, you know, that Sonny and Cher kind of thing. I think he's trying to like
0: show his chops or whatever, like how, like he's a legit musician. You think that's what he's going for?
4: I, I don't know if he's trying to show his chops, maybe more like the range of like musical, production talent like through across different uh i
0: kind of think
1: so
4: different categories
0: well i think i think Jonathan's pretty much saying what i'm saying i just worded it a little differently like got it he knows his stuff all over it's not he's not one genre so yeah
4: i think he's more creative than than he leads on because of all the gibberish bullshit that he's always been kind of accustomed to and and held up to yeah that's what he's known Um, for like right yeah but i i think I think Brett, I think you're right. Like he really does have a bigger range of musicianship and and vocals. And I think, regardless of whether the tracks are any good or not, he got into the studio and did some did some good production quality tracks. Yeah, and, and I think that that's something to have as an honorable mention, I guess. The
1: last skit we're going to talk about for this album, I'm going to toss to you, Brett. Yeah. You can maybe set up the premise here. It's a skit called Sex or Weightlifting.
0: Yeah, that's one of the ones, I don't know why, this was always one of my favorites too, and we used to always say, my name's Barry Lincoln. But it's an absolutely ridiculous sketch where Barry Lincoln, I don't know, I was call him Lincoln, the lyrics right here say "Lakin," but I have no idea. He'd go around to people, stop them on the street, and he's like, I'm going to play you this tape, and you have to tell me, if it's people working out or having sex, and the joke is, the first one's the only one that's even mildly ambiguous, but they all are definitely people having sex. And the people are like, yeah, they're having sex. She's like, no, that was them doing bicycle crunches or whatever. Bicycle crunches, <laughs> butterfly curls. Yeah, that that's not a real thing. Uh, you can tell how much I work out, <laughs> but but it was always one that I thought was really funny. Again, if you want to go problematic, you could say the last one's a little problematic nowadays because that's, uh could very easily be considered rape. But um, she gets down with it, though.
4: Yeah, it, do, it does get a little rapey, huh? It does yeah. get rapey.
0: Yeah. Shoot it all over me. Yeah. She does like it, whether that's still illegal or not. Well, I don't know. I'm not the judge. But it's always oh, just thought it was kind of funny. Um, oh, oh, here we go. Yeah, so just always made me laugh. Yeah, because it's very obvious. One time they literally say, I got the lyrics up, the lyrics, yep. Uh, There are no Stairmasters or treadmills in this room. There are no dumb in here. They're just my balls. Just my balls. It's like Tim Meadows, right? I think he's definitely on this track. I think that's him.
5: Now you have to tell me if these two people are having
2: sex or working out. Are you ready, sir? I think I'll be able to do this. All right, sir. Here we go. And please. Thank you, daddy, Thank you. Thank you. We are Who's not. Man, baby? working out, man, the man? We are definitely fucking. Oh, shit. I don't want my mama to hear shit. Oh, oh, baby. There oh, oh. are no stair masters of trap. Oh, man. Oh, oh. There are no dumbbells in here. They're just my balls. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, sir, what was that, sex or weightlifting? Uh, that was definitely two people having sex. No, they were doing leg squats. You're kidding me. They, they were not having sex. No, sir, you are way off base. I don't believe it.
0: Yeah, so uh, we are d- not working out. Yeah, so I thought it was really <laughs> yeah, funny. again.
1: No, my favorite one is when he plays the tape for some guys. like, all right, let me know if in this audio tape people are having sex or working out in a gym. And he plays the tape and it's just like, we're two guys fucking. We're two guys fucking. And
0: then he tries to like gaslight the guy. He's like, he hears two men working on their muscles and he hears people having sex. Like he acts like they're the weird ones. Plus, for a 12, 13 year old, some of the stuff you hear in this track is like, if you didn't grow up with the Spice Channel or it's like your parents didn't have porn, this was some serious stuff.
1: It's, it's a quote I used to say a lot.
2: Which leads me to the conclusion that this man is either gay himself, or not straight.
1: Or not straight. (laughs) Jonathan, this is why I think you introduced me to this album. Because you approached me one day and recited like the first 30 seconds of, of content to this to me, doing the exact voice that Adam Sandler does as Barry Lincoln.
2: Hey, how you doing? My name's Barry
1: Lincoln. Could you recreate that? Cause you do, my name is Barry Lincoln for the
4: audience? My name is Barry Lincoln. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's good. (laughs) You still got it, babe. You still got it. And I've recorded people having sex. Like, why? I don't know why he like says it like that. He just does that that loop the loop on the E six, right? Like every single time, he's like asking the people, "Are they having sex or are they working out?" Like this guy's such a fucking perv, man. Like he was out recording people in their homes banging without them knowing. And like he never w- once went to a gym to record anyone. It's all sex. goddammit. it. Right. But then he like tells that guy like the very last guy. He's like, no, I'm going to give you one more chance to say the opposite of what you just said. <laughs> and then you'll be correct. Because so he plays him a clip again. He's like, no, no, no. Those people were definitely having sex. Nope, nope, they weren't. They they were definitely working out. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. And they're like, it's just, what's the point, man? Like, what kind of fucking weirdo does this? And like, like, this is some Hollywood shit, like, out on Hollywood Boulevard, man. Melrose or something. I don't know.
1: The ending, too, is is just, it's very weird to listen to. Like, it makes me uncomfortable, like, yeah. not now. When I was a kid, I didn't really think much of it. Nah. But when he, like, plays it for the woman, or he doesn't actually play for the woman. He records. He's like, yeah. I'm going to record something. Yeah. And then what you hear is, I guess, him in the street
4: undressing this woman, banging her for 10 seconds. And then that's a wrap. And then yeah, he talks about like not being able to hold his load. And, like I remember like I was so young, dude. I didn't even know what that meant. Like <laughs> yeah, right. I probably had never even like experienced that at this point. Like when I first started listening to this album. No, we
1: were pretty young. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we were getting much action. Like, I don't any. think I was
4: experimenting yeah. back then. <laughs> but like yeah, it was definitely like super super rapey. It is just creepy, pervert and and I'm I'm still not about this track.
0: I don't get that vibes. You know me, Corey. That doesn't... That's not me, so that's why I still like it. It's, I have I separate it from real life, so... You know. Fucking
1: A. And you know what? For all of the weird shit in this track, it does have some, some peppered moments of comedy, so I think it might be worth listening to, but by the time you have completed the track, I think anyone that hasn't listened to this, and then they finish it, they're going to be like, what the fuck was
0: that? Don't listen to it around other people.
4: Yes. Yeah. Have have your AirPods in on noise cancellation mode, like just so nobody can hear it.
0: Get some Kleenex.
4: Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Um, kudos to anybody that can make it through this entire album in one shot from beginning to end anyways oh, without skipping a track. Basically you know? an impossible task because there are some very skippable tracks in here. You know, I did it, man. I, I was on 14 hours worth of flights on Friday night. And I made it through both of these albums 100% of the way. Where'd you get them at? Apple Music.
0: Oh, really? oh you bought them?
4: No, they were, I have an Apple Music subscription. Okay, because yeah. Corey
0: and I were talking about it. They I, Just about a year ago, I listened to both albums on Spotify. And when I went last month, they had completely taken They're All Gonna Laugh At You and pretty much got rid of any skit on what the hell happened to me. And the same thing with Amazon Music. So I had to listen to them on YouTube
1: I think he wasn't getting paid for them or something, so he probably had them pulled.
0: Possibly. You know he needs he needs money. He needs money.
4: <laughs> yeah, clearly. Adam Sandler needs money. Yeah, clearly. right. Dude, he's like almost a fucking billionaire. <laughs> that
1: dude is loaded. Yeah, I'm joking. Yeah, he's well, very very. Well, rich. as much
4: money as he saves on his wardrobe, man, that guy. Uh, you know, his dollar goes a long way. He's your yeah. old friend, right, Jonathan? Like you bumped
1: into him in the street, and he asked you if people were having sex or weightlifting.
4: <laughs> All right. So I actually, uh, I did bump into Adam Sandler and his kids at the uh, Third Street Promenade Santa Monica. And um, dude, he was just like how people see him in the gym. Big baggy basketball shorts, not a clean haircut, unshaven. And he was super cool. He he was uh, a pleasure to meet. Um, I also met uh, Rob Schneider. I was on a flight with him. On a plane. Yeah, Yeah. From Sacramento to Burbank one time. And, um, I sat next to him and dude, he was a, a, he's a tiny guy and he has freckles and naturally like red hair. Yeah. because like, he has red hair a, and surf
1: ninjas. We yeah, had yeah, this yeah. conversation. Yeah, he, yeah. He's
4: a ginger. Yeah, for sure. And I met his mom. I met his mom, dude. She, uh, she picked him up <laughs> from the Burbank airport and she's like a tiny Filipino lady. Mrs. And, Schneider. Uh, yeah. And, um, I, uh, took a picture with him outside of uh, Burbank airport. I still have it at the house somewhere. But that was a cool plane ride.
0: On the plane was the in-flight movie Rap Schneider is a carrot. Yeah. Anybody know that one? <laughs> a carrot. <laughs> a
4: du a tiddly ta. Unfortunately, we were flying southwest and they don't give a fuck. Uh, yeah, they
0: don't give you shit.
4: <laughs> no. You're lucky if you get a bag of peanuts. Free check bag though. Yeah, and and uh hurry up and get on the plane in the back in Burbank.
1: The next album we're here to talk about is called They're All Gonna Laugh At You, which was actually the one that came out before the last one we covered. This album came out in 1993, which is really funny to think about because between the three of us, I think we were all between the ages of seven and 10 in 1993. So I don't think any of us got this album off the shelf, safe to say, right? We we all listened to it several years later. Between the ages of 11 and 13, am I approximating correctly? Yeah.
0: Uh, even if it came out in September of 1993, I would have been about nine and a half years, almost exactly nine and a half years old. And I'm, what, about a year older than you, so... I got this album
1: after What the Hell Happened to Me, right? So that was an album that I listened to a lot. The Goat, Respect, I loved it. So I went to visit my Japanese aunt. And I didn't get to see her that often. And she, you know, she was very kind. And she said, you know what, Corey, you can uh, you can get any CD off the shelf. We happen to be at Best Buy. She's like, I'm nice. going to give you a gift since I didn't give you a gift last birthday or whatever it was. Again, I didn't see her that often. Yeah. So I was like, oh, sweet. And I was like, I've been wanting this other Adam Sandler CD that I kind of heard about. I really like the other one I have. So I picked up They're All Gonna Laugh at You. I was very happy about it. She was like, what's this? I was like, oh, Adam Sandler, the comedian, he has a comedy album. She's like, oh, that's cool. Enjoy. So we get in the car and go to her house, and she's like, let's put on that album. Oh, no. And I said, well, you probably don't want to listen to this. It's very vulgar.
0: Oh, the first first track. <laughs> oh.
1: I don't know if I articulated that very clearly at the time, but I explained, like, no, this isn't, like, family-friendly. My cousin was in the car, and he's four years younger than me, right? So. Oof. Actually, no. And you were how old at the time? I'm sorry. He was two years younger than me. So if I was like 13, then he was like 11. Mm. And I want to say I was somewhere around that age. Maybe I was 12 and he was 10. He was a little bit younger than me. She insisted that we put the song in the car. She's like, oh, it's fine. You know, I I don't care about Adam Sandler, his crass humor. She probably had seen Billy Madison and was like, sure. well, he's kind of extreme. but."
0: Tell me you picked the song and didn't just start it. I just started it, Brett. Oh, no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which leads me to the very first track, and then I'll come back to the story.
0: I knew what you were going for.
1: The very first track on this is a track called The Assistant Principal's Big Day. Brett. It's bad. Maybe you can set the scene so the audience will know what my poor aunt heard when we were in the car.
0: Okay, so first of all, I will say, I can be two things at once. One, I still think this is funny. Two this would not and should not be made these days. It shouldn't have been made when it was made. Probably not. Probably not. But for a 12, 13 year old, it's funny, but it's very, very bad. Okay. So it's called the, what is it? The assistant principal's big day.
4: Should be called the assistant principal's big load. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So he is in charge on the one day. So he's on the PA and he's just saying some of the worst things that, uh, someone shouldn't say to anybody, especially over the PA to high school students. Well, we can only assume are underage, mostly underage high school girls. He's telling them to come. I, I, I don't even remember. Get naked. Uh, watch him jerk off. Just everything. Oh, oh,
4: I got the, I got the lyrics up, man. Should, right. we, should we do this or not? Go for it. Okay. So you want me to just list off the rules that this assistant principal wants to implement for the day? Yes. Yeah.
5: Good morning, students and faculty. If I could have your attention, please. Uh, as you may or may not know, Principal Campbell will not be here for the rest of the week uh, due to a throat infection, uh, leaving me, Assistant Principal Dunbar, as the school's loan administrator for the next few days. Uh, though the uh, policies set forth by Principal Campbell will remain the same, Uh, There will be some additional regulations uh, you must also follow.
4: Number one, smoking outside the administration building will only be allowed during lunch periods.
1: Okay. This was at a time when you could still smoke at high schools if you were over 18.
4: Sure. Yeah, fair enough. Designated smoking zone. Cool. Smoking circle. Yeah. Yeah. At Oxford High. Go ahead. Yeah. Number two. The girls' showering facilities will be moved from the locker room to my inner office where I can watch the girls wash their breasts and buttocks while I play with myself. Yeah. Dude, that, that's fucking cringy right there. That's, that's really bad. Dude, not only is it like not
1: particularly funny, but it's like some of the rapiest shit I've ever heard in my life.
0: Oh, definitely.
4: It's, it's bad. Okay, but that's just rule number two, man. It gets way worse. Rule number three. While showering, none of the girls will be allowed to snicker or laugh at the size of my genitalia. <laughs> Eye contact with me is also prohibited. Hearing you read it off is kind of fun. <laughs> Number four, girls are encouraged to wash each other freely as I build towards orgasm. Keep in mind, these are fucking these are high school kids he's talking about. He's talking about high school girls washing each other. In his office while he's jerking off.
1: What is this?
4: Number five, while I'm ejaculating, the boys' gymnastic team must undress each other, spread eagle in front of me, and satisfy each other orally until I've completed ejaculating. So not only does he want to watch underage high school girls washing each other, he wants to watch the high school wrestling team orally pleasure each other Mm. while he drops his load. I
0: was going to say, it never explicitly says underage, correct?
4: It says the boys' gymnastic team.
0: Okay, so... Well, I'm just saying the girls could be 18. Again, I'm not... I'm just... He never really specifies
4: the ones that are over 18. Does the he? girls that would be showering right. at a school would be the students.
0: Yeah, but I was 18 when I graduated high school. So maybe...
4: Don't, may- don't don't stand up for me. <laughs> oh,
0: I'm not.
1: I'm not. I'm just
4: making... Love is not love, the, dude. Yeah.
0: Here we go.
1: What else does he say?
4: Uh, um, Well, he's got one more rule, which is rule number six. Any student caught writing graffiti or defacing school property will automatically be suspended unless they're masturbating. So you (laughs) could jerk off on things, but you can't deface property with paint. Of course. Yeah.
1: So here's how it went down in the car ride with my aunt, Claudia. Oh, my gosh. He lists rule number one, you know, no reaction. It's about smoking, right? He lists rule number two, I give a nervous chuckle. My aunt gives a chuckle, which is probably also a nervous chuckle. He gets to rule number three, and she's like, turn this off now. She thought, like, that was as extreme as it's going to get, and she might have given it a pass, right? She was like, this is off now. And then for the rest of the night, I heard about how awful this album is, but I did get to keep it.
0: I was going to ask you. And I
1: owned it since then. And I remember I was sleeping on their couch because I was staying at their house. And I was listening to all the tracks. And then late night, my little cousin Jimmy comes out and I played him some of the tracks that I thought were like, okay, like some of the ones we're going to get to like Buddy and a couple others. So like, it was kind of like a, like I snuck it to my little cousin the same way I snuck the last album to my little brother, but only select tracks, right? I didn't replay yeah. the full assistant principal's Big Day for him. That track is bad. It's, it's weird that it's the first track, but maybe he just yeah. wants to set the tone that anything's possible on this album. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Definitely.
5: And now a buffoon's meeting
1: with the dean of admissions at a prestigious college. This one has some filler tracks that I think work better than the other album. Specifically, a character called The Buffoon, who's a recurring character in this. In not as many skits as the other album, right? The other one had The Excited Southerner in, like, five separate skits. This one has The Buffoon, and he meets both the Dean of Admissions in One Track, which is the next one. Yeah, And then a little bit later, The Buffoon and The Valedictorian. They're, like, on a date, right? So I guess it's assumed that he's a high school kid. One thing I do like about The Buffoon skits is... The way the people treat him, right? They act completely normally, like as if they're having an intelligent conversation with another intelligent human being. That's the way they respond to things. They never are like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like anyone else would say in this conversation with the buffoon. Now, I know, Jonathan, you don't like it when Adam Sandler puts on a stupid voice.
4: Does that impact your uh, listening experience of the buffoon tracks? No, I, I definitely like this better than I like the excited southerner. That's for sure. And I think that this is probably where a lot of the Billy Madison character got a bit of his, like, shtick, you know? I mean, just, just for example, I want to explain how this is, right? So, like, the buffoon goes to meet the, the dean, right? And he says,
1: Well, Michael, I'd like to extend my warmest congratulations on your upcoming
4: graduation. And I understand you're interested in matriculating here in the fall.
6: I got a snake,
4: man. One time I fed it some beer, man. It was slithering this way and that. <laughs> it was all fucked up. Adam Sandler? And the dean says, I'm sure it was. Well, we discourage inappropriate drinking among both students and pets here on campus. It's like it's like they, they just totally disregard the fact that this guy is a fucking moron. Like, he's vulgar. He's simple, I guess we could say. <laughs> he's simple, Jack. I mean, yeah.
0: Even the Valedictorian, like, seems disappointed at the end of their date because it didn't work out.
7: ...had a child. I think her maternal biology may play a role in that. She looks fabulous for a woman her age, doesn't she?
5: I put a firecracker in a bullfrog's mouth and blew his fucking head off.
7: Well, in psychology, we learn that it's not uncommon for male adolescents to commit savage acts on animals as part of their maturing process.
4: I don't know. It's, it's just, it's an odd character and the response is so opposite of what you would expect. Like my initial, if somebody came up to me and was like telling me that talking like that, with that voice, with that voice and talking about getting its snake all fucked up on beer. Like, be like are you some kind of moron dude? Like, like w- what is your deal? I mean, I mean, this guy's like borderline special ed. Right. And like, yeah. but, but yet, every interaction with him is an intellectual response with a disregard to whatever this guy was stating.
1: Yeah. They, they completely ignore all like etiquette rules that would go into a conversation like this in a normal circumstance where someone would be like, why are you talking like this? Yeah. Is this a prank or just walk away? Right. They just kind of continue on with him. They continue the banter again, as if he's a,
4: high-functioning human being. Yeah, but that's where the comedic value, I think, comes in. It's because you have this the, the, these two polarizing mannerisms of speaking, right? Like, one is just so crude, and one is so educated and, and eloquent in the way that they speak.
1: Yeah. And the comedy, I think, because I, I do like some aspects of the buffoon skits, I think the comedy for me is just the completely random shit he says.
0: So... Have you given any thought to your choice of major? I've got a big fucking boner right now.
1: Hmm, I see. Well, sexual arousal is not uncommon during periods of nervous tension. I do not take offense. One time I ate my neighbor's shit. That's understandable. Well, I enjoyed meeting you, and we'll be sending you our decision by the end of the month. I kind of am a fan of, like, random humor. If it's like actually random, right? Like if someone says say something random and someone says cheese, right? Yeah. That's that's not random. That's just like the default yeah. reaction. But what he says is actually some of the most bizarre, twisted, and random shit that I've ever heard.
5: I looked at my asshole in the mirror
2: today. It blew my fucking mind. <laughs>
4: He's talking to the dean of admissions to obviously some sort of a university, right? Yeah.
0: How did he get into college? Yeah. How yeah. did he
4: get there when, when his, like, what he says he is, he must be an athlete. Yeah. Right. Like, he has no, sh- no filter. He's like, I had diarrhea last month. I had to shit all fucking day. <laughs> you know, like, you do that pretty good. <laughs> I've heard it enough times. I that guess. is not bad, Jonathan. But yeah, it's just like, no, no filter. I've got a big fucking boater right now. You know, that's like, a,
1: that's a good bit of randomness to insert. I think like, yeah. it, it throws you off, right? Like, what is this guy going to say next? It's yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good.
4: It keeps you engaged because you want to know what is he going to say next? Because it's so extreme. I
1: said, it's good. I want to, I want to qual- qualify that. It's good, but it's awful. It's, yeah. it's like one of those weird mixes for me where it's just so fucking dumb.
4: But it's supposed to be. It's called The you, Buffoon. You know, what I, you know what I relate this to? People that enjoy like pimple popping videos and shit. Like, Gross. It's, Don't even ugh. Dude, It's so disgusting. Like I can't handle it. No, like, I can't I, watch I'll, that. I'll puke, right? But like some people are really into that and like they'll watch it on TikTok and YouTube and whatever just to see what happens next. Like it's disgusting, but I want to see what happens next. Extreme, and that's exactly what
1: this is. Extreme nature of it is uh, captivating. Yeah.
4: This is disgusting, but I want to know what he's going to say next.
2: Next
6: up, Coopersville.
2: Hey, buddy. Buddy.
4: How was the bathroom,
7: buddy? Pretty gruesome?
6: Buddy, I had to hold my breath, buddy.
7: Buddy.
1: Hey, mm. dude. Hey, buddy. What's up, homie? <laughs> There's a track on here that was very well-beloved by me and all the friends that I would play this album for called Buddy. Brett maybe you can tell us about that and like it's kind of like the goat for me like I don't understand why it's endearing but it kind of is
0: I don't know this was one that I also quoted with my friend gray uh he'd always say oh man my brother is in there I mean I had a hard time as a grown-up listening to like them slurping down the drinks or whatever but uh what's he called a bloody have a bloody buddy so it's like two buddies and then they run into I don't know what two dudes and then <laughs> they buddies. run into two then they run into two homies <laughs> and uh like the two buddies are like probably just preppy white dudes and the two dudes are probably like the stoner type and then the the two guys are obviously trying to be two black guys and it's just really funny they're all very friendly but one of them like says oh that's my ex-girlfriend dude oh sorry buddy and then, yeah like kind of gets mad but then they calm down really quickly it's kind of a similar sketch in a skit In South Park, where the Canadians are like, I'm not your guy, buddy. I'm not your buddy, friend. It just kind of goes on for a long time. I kind of like that humor. And then they all die at the end.
1: It is very similar to that. South Park must have borrowed from this when they did that. But I think South Park kind of made that work a little bit better.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, come on. It's freaking Trey Parker.
7: Buddy, Eminem. Chocolate me, buddy. Tasty, buddy. Buddy, definitely. Hey, get in on this drink, buddy. Buddy, don't mind if I do. It's a bloody, buddy. Buddy, it's killer. Buddy! Sorry, buddy. Save me some, buddy. Buddy, I said I was sorry.
1: That's okay, buddy. The punchlines in this, like, are almost non-existent, right? It's just, like, yeah, the way these guys talk. And it's, like, something's endearing about it, and something's very quotable about it when you're a kid. Like, how often, Jonathan, were we like, I'm buzzing, Buddy.
4: Yeah, it was it was definitely a regular thing for sure. And like, I, I don't quite know why.
1: Just, like just saying that itself isn't really funny, but it sticks with you.
4: Yeah. It's like an earworm of a comedy sketch almost. Yeah. You know what I thought of when I heard this again was you could take everybody in there and replace them with people from Orange County and like give them IPAs instead of Bud Heavies. And like the skit totally works all over again. <laughs>
7: hey dude hey buddy dudes you know this dude what's up dude hey buddy Bunny, sit down have some bloody buddy dudes dudes here's a sixer budweiser time yeah bud buddy yeah dude cold ones dude buddy kill it
0: this is one where you can very obviously tell that uh david spade and i think rob schneider are in it but yeah it's uh very david spade heavy i think he's one of the buddies
4: yeah, it was definitely Spade heavy in in this whole entire album where he seemed almost non-existent in What the Hell Happened to Me.
8: Yeah.
1: It, it, they, he pulled in a lot of the SNL cast in this one. You know, you get Tim Meadows as one of the homies. Yeah. And you get David Spade in here. And it's, when I was younger, to me, that was like the peak SNL cast was like, you know, Adam Sandler, Chris Farley, David Spade, Tim Meadows. Like, I really like yeah. that particular lineup that they had for a while. So. I, I enjoyed hearing them on this album frequently. For sure.
5: Hey, homie. What's up, homies?
1: Hey, buddy.
7: What's up, dude? Just chillin', homie. Cool, buddy. Yeah, dude.
1: Buddy. Homie. Dude.
5: Homie.
7: Dude. Buddy.
1: The first song on this album is called Food Innuendo Guy, which is, I think, the the first and only kind of like bluesy rock track in mm. this, if I'm remembering the way it goes correctly. Yeah. I don't think it's particularly good. But I think, Jonathan, you used to quote some of the lyrics from this with regularity. Am I remembering that correctly?
4: I have no clue, dude. I I really just did not enjoy this song. No, it didn't do anything for you these days? No, it wasn't getting it up for me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's some, there's, I think, more on this album that I'm probably going to, like, work around, circumnavigate than the previous album. Like, The Longest P is a sketch on here. Yeah. That my brother, Tyler, just thought was, like, the funniest shit. He was really young, though. I still thought that this was kind of funny. You still thought the longest pee was funny?
4: But it was... It's not that he was, like, peeing that it was funny, but it was, like, the progression of, like, oh, man, wow, that's, like, that's some really good peeing right here, you know? Like, I'm glad I emptied the tank there. And then, like... He starts going again after a little fart, right? Like everybody everybody farts a little bit when they go, you know, let one slip out. Right. But then he just like unloads like a fire hose and like this transition from like total satisfaction to like, whoa, this is odd to like paranoia because he's just going and going and going and more piss and more piss. Oh, man.
2: Oh ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, there you go. Uh, oh, man. Oh, my God. I'll be out in a minute.
4: Oh. This guy is just, like, totally, like, anxiety-ridden by the end of going pee and then ends up peeing more and pissing his own pants. Like, it's just... I don't know. I I liked the personal like mental status throughout all of that and like watching that transition. Like it was just kind of funny. It's so
1: weird. The stuff you like, dude, I swear (laughs) to God.
4: That's because I don't watch movies.
1: (laughs) Filler skits on this album. We talked about the buffoon. Maybe that's lesser of a filler skit than the beatings that occur throughout this. I think Adam Sandler has like beef with like the faculty at his high school or something. Like that kind of like seeps through in this album. There's four tracks where faculty members at a high school get a beating. One of them is the high school janitor. One of them is a bus driver. One of them is a science teacher. And one of them is a Spanish teacher. As far as I'm concerned, all of these are a waste of time. It is exactly what you think. It's one of these faculty members, like a bus driver. He's talking about being a bus driver. Then someone just comes and beats him mercilessly. And now,
7: the severe beating of a high school Spanish teacher.
6: Juan es muy guapo. Hola. Señor. ¿Hay problema? Mi casa, su casa. Ay! ¡Ay! ¡Ay! Dios mío! ¡Ayuda! ¡Ayuda!
3: Ayuda.
1: Brett, do you have anything to say on these?
0: No, but I mean, he nails the sound effects. Like it gives me the willies and I think maybe all of them are dead. I mean, they like the last five shots on the Spanish teacher. If that's against the ground, his head against the ground, he, he might be dead. So, but yeah, the arm breaking and stuff that, that gives me the willies, but it, it's, it's there for shock value. It's, it's what it is. It's okay. I, I think I still would rather listen to that than the excited southerner, so.
1: A testament to the sound design, you think?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're really, really random, but sounds good.
1: Come on, Robert, pitch
2: it in there, baby. We're behind you out here in right field. One down, two to go. Hum it now, yes. Show him the magic. This chump can't hit. Please, God,
5: don't
1: let him hit it to me. Anywhere but to right field. Please, God, I beg you there's a track in here that is very relatable to me as well. It's called right field. And it's, it's clearly like a high school kid playing like baseball at PE, or maybe he's actually on the baseball team or whatever, but he's the right field kid, which I was always the right field kid. Yeah, that's
4: where you put the worst player.
1: Yeah. And I was, I, I didn't even have to be assigned that I would just go there. Right. Yeah. I, from what I remember from like elementary, middle and high school, when it was baseball or softball time, people would just go to the spot that they were most comfortable with. And I was always the one that immediately went to right field and I would be far right. Like I'd be like, you know,
4: Corey like, used to like be across the foul line. Yeah. I was, right I,
1: I was basically <laughs> an umpire. Like,
4: <laughs> yeah, he, Corey would volunteer to be the guy that would call him fair and foul out there on the line.
1: And even then I nice. wouldn't pay attention. So like I would, I would make wrong calls that would actually happen in like volleyball and stuff like no. i would be the guy that would call it and i didn't i wasn't even watching the game i was in my own head
4: <laughs> to I, be fair you did have a bit of sports ability when we used to play dodgeball i was and you were shit. fucking good at dodgeball yeah it would be like me you and like Tadell. yeah <laughs> against like the entire fifth grade and we would, and we would win yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's so, true so that Corey does have athletic skills believe it or not people <laughs>
1: Thank you for bringing that up. You know, I felt like if I brought that up, people might not believe it. So that, that's perfect. But the, the right field sketch is just this kid in right field. He doesn't want anyone to hit the ball his way. And a couple times they don't. But when they do, he just fucking fails miserably. I relate to it a lot. I don't think it's particularly funny except for when he's like standing there and he sees a, a lefty go up to bat and he's like, oh, God, please.
5: Oh, he is a natural athlete, and I am so worthless. Please, God, take his life. Make him die.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Like, he'd rather see this kid dead than be publicly humiliated. Yeah, this poor kid, man. Like, there's somebody yelling at him. Like, maybe it's the coach or his dad or something. It's like, come on, son, get out there and catch that ball or whatever, you know. But, like this kid literally just gets the shit beat out of him. And like, it just gets progressively worse, right? Like he gets in the, hit in the elbow by a fly ball. Then he gets hit in like the neck by like a line drive or something. And then like, and then he's like, okay, fine. Great. Like now it's a righty. So he's probably not going to hit it to me. And then he's like, wait a minute. What, what's happening to the righty batter? He's walking back to the dugout. Now there's a lefty coming back up again. And it just gets progressively worse for this poor kid. And like, it's kind of sad to see because there are dads, baseball dads and coaches that are out there that are acting like the guy on the track and like, you know, really not supportive. And then you wonder why the kids are like full of anxiety out there. Don't get any better. It's like there's just so much pressure. Oh, yeah. And my, it's it's
1: fucked up. My cousin Jimmy, who uh, his mom was Claudia, by the way, who uh, introduced me to this album. I guess you could say, you know, we listened to it in the car. Uh he had a very strict Japanese dad yeah. and he had to play sports and i remember going to one of his basketball games he you could tell this kid was so fucking anxious on the court that he like did nothing he did not take the ball very often he did not shoot any shots the whole game he was so nervous that he would fuck up that he didn't even like want to participate and i remember his dad lecturing him on the drive home about how little effort he put in and i just felt so bad for this kid cuz he was not an athletic kid at all like he was like a heavy set kid and like he he did not want to be doing this but he had one of those strict japanese dads felt so bad for him yeah
0: Shout so, out well, to super Jimmy. relatable there's uh, always a kid there were always kids that only were on the team because their parents made them um not you though brett right no i was a good athlete nice i was good at everything i did <laughs> Still are no, not not as much, nope,
1: <laughs> Brett, have you ever got a prank phone call? uh, I'm sure I did back in the day, uh, even better question for you, actually, Brett, did you ever commit a prank phone call? Did you ever make one?
0: I don't know if I ever did, but it was it was really big for a while, um right before the star sixty nine or star sixty seven or whatever <laughs> yes. came back, and uh I remember we literally got one of the... Whatever those little things were where it told you who called and... Caller ID, baby. I don't know if I ever... Yeah, caller ID. I don't know if I ever made one, but I was definitely there listening while some were made. Hello?
4: <laughs> hey, Mr. Spindle, How's algebra class going?
6: <laughs> what? Surprise tomorrow
2: during fifth period. Hey! Who is this? Hello? Hello? Who is this?
4: Jonathan, did you ever call your uh, high school teacher, Mr. Spindle? (laughs) Uh, All right. No, not my teacher, but I'm going to take you back here. All right. Do you remember ebombsworld.com. Oh, oh yeah, oh for yeah. YouTube, man. Yeah, so we used to do the Arnold Schwarzenegger soundboards <laughs> okay. from there, and um, I would always hang out with uh my friend Jen Gates. Shout out to Jen Gates. I know she doesn't listen, but still cool as shit. We used to call her grandma with the Arnold Schwarzenegger soundboard <laughs> all the time, and like she never once ever figured it out, dude. We would call her like every day in a row for like a week. And then like, she'd be so mad and upset. And like, at the time, I think it was when Arnold was running for governor and stuff. So she thought she was like actually talking to Arnold.
9: Yeah. One of us is in deep trouble. Who? You. I am. Impersonating an officer, resisting arrest, fraud, reckless driving, and lying to the sheriff.
3: Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Excuse in? me, I
9: have a few more questions if you don't mind. I'm Detective who's John Kimball.
4: Hey, I'm a police officer.
6: Well, how do I know that you are?
4: Trust me. Oh dude. Good times.
1: Really I, good times. I I very distinctly remember like the particular sound bites that were used in yeah. the e-bombs world. It was like, who is your daddy and what yeah. does he do? Yeah. Right? There was
4: like a column for like questions and then a column for like responses. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was very conveniently laid out. So that you could use them for phone calls, I did the Jack Nicholson
1: once on my friend in high school, but like she immediately like understood yeah. she's like, "Is this Jack Nicholson?" and I had him say like yes, and the the Jack Nicholson one was a lot of like a few good men, so he was yeah. like very intense, you know uh, but this is a prank phone call skit that we're talking about here, Mr. Spindle's phone call, which doesn't really start off funny because it's just like high school kids calling their teacher saying like you're gonna get a surprise tomorrow in class yeah and he's like what who is this you can tell he's like 90 years old yeah and they hang up and it's like the busy signal is that what it was called when the phone would be like beep 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 beep
4: oh the hang-up uh which it never really
1: did i don't believe and he's just still talking to it
4: who is this hello
1: (laughs)
2: hello for God's sake, who are you? Hello? Hello? If you'd like
9: to make a call...
2: Who is that? Hello?
4: Hello? Who are you? Oh, my God. You know what? This gave me a um, reminder of... Uh, oh, shit. I don't remember what movie it was where they threw the bag of dog shit on the old man's front steps. Billy Madison. let Be- oh, okay. poop there again. We yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't put it out with your boots, (laughs) Ted. Don't tell me my business, devil woman. (laughs) Right. It reminded me of like a spinoff of this character in in this uh, phone call. So we've established a few things here on this episode. Like
1: Adam Sandler is very in tune with like high school life. So I think it must be for high school kids specifically, or he was pretty young and not too long out of
4: high school when he recorded this, which might actually be true. Yeah,
0: that's that's my guess.
4: I think because he started his acting career on the Cosby show like in 88. And I think he was still in high school at the time in 88. It says he
0: was born in 66. So he was older than you'd think.
4: 66. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, he must have graduated high school like around 84 then, 83.
0: Yeah.
1: But there is a lot of like anti-high school faculty sentiment in this, right? Like you can tell he's like. He's tired of these old fogies. You even get a little bit of that with the respect track we talked about in the other yeah. album. Like it, it's a little bit like poking fun at like how like weird and out of touch old people are.
4: Yeah, yeah. seems like these two albums are like an ode to his like repressed high school issues.
1: Yeah, seriously. You know, <laughs> like maybe the buffoon, like he knew people that were like just like so stupid, and like he wondered how they operated, things like that.
4: I, I mean, I'm sure he got. All of the inspiration for all of this stuff through probably, you know, those adolescent, late teen inspirations. Both albums. I mean, you can definitely sit there and just think about like, okay, yeah, that that we could spin back to something that related in high school.
6: Hey, Mom, guess what? I got invited to a party tonight, and I'm going to go if that's okay with you. No! Why not, Mom? Yeah,
7: why,
2: well, Mom? You should go.
6: It's going to be fun. I'll get to meet new people. They're all going to laugh at you. Oh, Mom.
2: They're all going to laugh at you. Don't worry, Brett.
1: There's a track on here called Oh, Mom. Brett, could you talk mm. about this one? Tell us what it's about.
0: Okay, so this is one, obviously, that sticks out for me, and I remembered it. And I, I would consider always thinking it was funny. As I told Corey a couple of days ago, this is the uh, number one candidate for one that I just was like, please, God, end. it!" Like was just so obnoxious i'm like i can't believe i ever thought that was funny um it's too much
1: no it's an awful piece of shit dude
0: like obviously they're playing on off a of carry and it's but it's just so much he says they're all gonna laugh at you t- 55 times 50 t- in a two-minute song i don't know it's, it's it's a lot dozens at least do you want me to explain it or yeah, why don't
1: you tell us about it a little bit more?
0: Okay, so it's a mom. She's They're going after her. If you've seen Carrie, uh, the mom says they're all going to laugh at you. And that's literally all she says. That, and, no! And they all just want to do stuff. Like, can I buy this from the mall? No, they're all going to laugh at you. Can I go to the dance? No, they're all going to laugh at you. Like, everything they say, is everything they say, she responds with, no, they're all going to laugh at you. So they end up all going to leave. And then she just ends up, Literally, the end is going, they're all going to laugh at you. They're all going to laugh at you. They keep going until it mercifully ends. (laughs) Mercifully.
7: Mom, can you pass the salad dressing? No!
6: Please. No!
1: Come
7: on, Mom. No!
1: I'll get it for you, Cindy.
6: Thanks, Brad. They're all going to laugh at you. Thanks for the tip, Mom. They're all going to laugh at you. Hey, everyone.
1: You're talking about it being a play on Carrie. Obviously, it is, because in Carrie, that's what the mom says to... What sissy Spacek, Carrie in the
3: movie? No way! Stop it, Mama! Stop hurting yourself, Mama!
7: He's gonna laugh at
2: you. They're all like, gonna
7: laugh, not gonna laugh at you. Look, it's
2: me. not too late. You can stay here with me. I don't want to stay with you, Mama.
1: Look, I'll answer the door, and I'll tell him. And it kind of creates this like. You can tell, like, the the kid in Carrie has been, like, conditioned to be, like, reclusive and Mm -hmm. socially awkward because of her interactions with her mom. And this is a take on that, but it's just a weird and unfunny take on that. Like, I don't understand why or how that's supposed to be funny. I never got this track. Like, maybe, like, a Carrie super fan would listen to this and be like, oh, my God, that's so good. But... I don't think it works at all and I think it's a very weird choice to make They're All Gonna Laugh At You the name of the album when it's one of the worst
4: tracks on this album. Yeah. I think if you take away the They're All Gonna Laugh At You and just left the No! then you just get like standard issue American parents right? with kids asking for stuff.
0: Yeah. Wouldn't it have been this
4: bad? Yeah. Can I have McDonald's? No! Can I go to the movies? No! Can I have a friend over? No! <laughs> You know, and I think that would have been more funny than just they're all going to laugh at you.
1: Fucking A, man.
4: Not good. Skippable track without a doubt. So we have like six out of seven skippable tracks so far on this album. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I
1: think on both albums, there's a lot you can skip. Brett, one that I would skip that you probably didn't is one called Fatty McGee.
0: This Murphy is such a pain man. We just had a test a week ago. Now we gotta take another one tomorrow? This sucks. And it counts for 80% of our grade. Well we better study our butts off. Well we came to the right place. The ever so quiet library. Okay
7: enough talking let's study right.
0: Yeah that's actually one that I didn't like as much as a kid but when I listened to it uh the other day I I could not help it. I don't really like this type of humor but the noises he was making and the the like the really disgusting wheezing breathing I I couldn't help it it made me crack up a little bit and um, also I, th- I think was it is it Tim Meadows and David Spade like it's just I, I don't know and as someone who steep steps can be brutal um I do not like the stairs unlike Fatty McGee I don't get why he would like the stairs they're not fun at all <laughs> they're not fun ah <laughs> oh, he's taking the stairs. Uh-oh. Oh,
2: Oh, no. Fatty McGee is coming. We'll never get any studying done with him in the library. Oh, God, he's taking the
0: stairs. That means he's going to be way out of breath. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, it's definitely not one I would listen to very often because it is obnoxious, I'm sure that's your beef with it. But some of the noises he made made me laugh... More as an adult for some reason than as a kid, but
8: okay, okay, Fatty, but try to keep the wheezing level down. We gotta concentrate.
2: Sure, no problem. Oh
3: man.
1: That's what that's what got my brother on board with this track. I remember is is the the breathing, the intense noises that he was making and the wheezing. Yeah. I want to say this. I just saw a movie called The Whale with Brendan Fraser oh, where yeah. he plays a huge obese man with eating disorders. It's a very somber, dreary and heavy movie, no pun intended. Listening to Fatty McGee after seeing The Whale is a is a I do not recommend for sure because it really takes any level of comedy completely out of this track. Like it's really sad uh, seeing the whale and then thinking about obesity and how people end up there and like how their the lives they have to live and like, how tragic they are. In some cases, maybe in some cases not. But listening to Fatty McGee was uh, was not entertaining in any way. After that, I also want to say my wife absolutely hates these fucking albums with a passion. And she hasn't listened to them all, but like I explained that I was gonna be doing this podcast and I played one of the tracks. One of the first ones I played was Fatty McGee. And good God, the face she gave me when I played that was it was pure hatred and disgust. Like this is honestly the thing that makes me laugh the most is like how angry people could be at listening to some of these. Like to me, like that's a whole level of comedy. Obviously, I love my wife, but like seeing how pissed she was.
4: it it did kind of make me laugh a little bit. Yeah. That sounds worth it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. See the the people's shock value and, and just utter disbelief of what they're listening to is really like the most entertaining part of this.
1: It's like my, my aunt Claudia, you know, with that first track, like looking back on it now, that's kind of a funny situation that that was like the first one she heard was the assistant principals big day. But that was a very nerve-wracking experience to be in at, you know, 12 or 13 years old, however yeah, old that was.
4: definitely.
2: Fatty, <laughs> you know what's going to happen. Stop breathing so heavy, please. We got to study.
6: Oh, no, that one's going to do it. Fatty, <laughs> the fire department thinks the fire alarm went off again.
4: Yeah, my notes on this one was just an annoying skit.
1: Yeah, it, I mean, it pretty much is. And it, this is uh, one of those ones that might qualify as like a failed SNL skit, right? Like this yeah. is not good enough to be on SNL. It's just a, basically a filler track making fun of someone who's fat and is therefore having trouble breathing. Yeah. Yeah.
6: your arms around me baby can't you see i need you so hold me close against your skin i'm about to begin loving you
1: they add a little bit of variety here though jonathan with putting in another song A song called At a Medium Pace.
4: Yeah. So, At a Medium Pace is just this weird song, like a soft rock ballad, like, of the early 90s, you know, where kind of like, I don't know. uh, What's that song? Um, Something Rain. November November Rain. Rain? Yeah. Fuck, man. I fucking hate that song. And, like, this is what I think of when I hear that song. Like at a medium pace is just this slow song trying to be something that it's not. And it's literally just a raunchy sex song that talks about wanting things done at a medium pace. Like jerk me off at a medium pace. That's the speed that I like. Like I'm going to bang you at a medium pace. Like, I the, don't know, man. The joke is it kind of starts
1: off as a love song and then it gets yeah. progressively more vulgar until he's talking about some of the most outlandish vulgar yeah. sexual kinks you could imagine
2: oh darling make me push my dick and balls back between my legs call me an ugly woman and take my picture to show Scroll them and take the shampoo bottle out of my ass.
4: Jack Black did it way better with fuck you hard. Like, oh, fuck me gently. Oh, uh, fuck me gently. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. That was a way better version of a similar. Yeah. Song.
1: I, I hate to say it, but Tenacious D has Adam Sandler beat by a mile when it comes to the comedy oh, song. No,
4: no comparison at all. But yeah. I, uh, b- between the artists, but I'm just saying it's a similar type of track where it's a slow, melodic rock song trying to be sort of romantic, and then it just goes into raunch, right? Yeah. And and Tenacious D did it a billion times better than this one. Another song, the
1: next actual song in the list is Lunch Lady Land, which I listened to and I remembered why I always skip it. I just find it completely annoying. But the one note I have is that I'm pretty sure I saw this on SNL. I think he performed this song on SNL
0: with Chris Farley.
4: Yeah, because Chris Farley was the lunch lady. Right.
0: That's why he's laughing.
1: And that part is pretty cool, right? Like Chris Farley, I always thought he was funny. You know, he had his own kind of style of humor. If you don't like Chris Farley, that's fine.
4: When when he wasn't all high as a kite, he was like not so out there and was a little more controlled. Yeah, he was he was pretty good.
1: You know, I like seeing Chris Farley dress up and jumping around and stuff, but I don't like the Lunch Lady Land song either. So that one and Adam a medium pace to me are kind of in yeah. the skip category of. I mean, that one. I mean, it's it's fine for a song, but I just. It's to me it's more annoying than it is pleasant.
2: Mm-hmm. Slabby goes, go, slaby go. Slab it go, stop, slaby go, home on slab and go, and up, slaby go, you dump, slab it go, slap well uh dream one morning and I woke up to see all the pepperoni pizza was a looking at me.
4: Yeah, and you know what? This song, just so other people aren't um, confused, it's kind of um, also known as the Sloppy Joe song. You know, Sloppy Joe, Sloppy Sloppy Joe. I think a lot of people know it referenced as that.
1: Yeah, and that is the part I mean, or it kind of starts to fizzle out and become annoying where it's like, it's yeah. just like Adam Sandler kind of pulling an Adam Sandler voice going, Sloppy Joe, slap, Sloppy Joe. Yeah.
4: Meatloaf sandwich. I, I don't think it was meant to actually be... A real produced track, and this is just my opinion, but I think it was the song that was meant to go with the skit because there was a running skit on SNL of the lunch lady, mm-hmm. and then it ended up just being liked enough that they were gonna capitalize. Just kind of like
1: put it in, you know? You know people yeah. know him for this. People like this. Yeah. Uh, there's a skit on here called the cheerleader. That is so dumb, I don't even think it's worth talking about. Absolutely skippable. Nothing of merit, unless any of you guys disagree. No. Nah. But one of the good ones is, I'm so wasted.
5: Hey pal, how you doing? Oh, I'm so
7: wasted. Man. Yeah, you are. Oh, Thanks, man. It's good party. Oh, huh? it's great. Hey, had some good acid, <laughs> oh, huh? Oh, killer, hey, man. Hey, my pleasure. I've never been higher. Oh, you must uh, be freaking great, out. Acid's great, man. It's the every, best. Every huh? time I do acid, man, and I'm so high. Yeah. Oh, th-
5: you must be flipping
7: out oh, right now, huh?
1: Which could easily be confused with that track, Mister Baco, which is the song version of "I'm Fucking Wasted." <clears throat> Yeah, this is the skit version of "I'm So Wasted," which yeah, actually has a really good concept, like comedically, like on paper and in practice. I think this one works overall pretty well. Don't you think, Jonathan?
4: Yeah, I I enjoyed this one. This is probably the best skit on the tra- on the album beside Toll Booth Willie, but um, it it's really funny. And so you've got this guy who just comes up and he's just like, oh, I'm so wasted, man. Like, I'm on acid. I'm seeing there's a cloud with a bleeding vein, man. And Adam Sandler is there just like egging him on like, oh, yeah, you know, wow, that's that's pretty wild there. You know, you you, you did a bunch of acid huh?" And He's like, oh, yeah, man, I'm so wasted. Yeah, well, guess what? That uh, that acid I sold you were just some little pieces of paper.
5: Flipping out, hallucinations, off it. man. Acid. Is, oh, right hey, off. I got some some news for you, I'm though. Seeing stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, you're seeing stuff. Right. Well, this is uh, that's what happens when you take acid. But you know what? No, man. Uh, that really wasn't acid. That was just a little piece of paper I ripped off my notebook.
7: Oh. Well, it's, it's it's probably this weed I'm smoking, man. Oh, that, <laughs> that weed. Thai bud, man. Oh. Everything's
4: hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, uh. And the guy's like, oh, well, I mean. Uh, It must have been the weed, man. I'm so high. But he like, he totally changes the tone of how you stereotypically would react if you were on whatever substance that he's pretending to have consumed to be wasted on. Right. Like he's totally different from acting like he's high on on LSD to weed to to beer. beer to then going off into the woods and killing himself (laughs) and then finding out that, it like, oh, yeah, that gun I sold you? Yeah, man, you're not really dead because it was just a cap gun. You know, like, I mean, it's just, ah. Rob
1: Schneider is, like, so perfect to play that guy, you know? And I didn't even know that was Rob Schneider. It is, right, Brett?
0: I didn't know that either, but I'll I'll take your word for it. Why not?
1: It sounds like him to me. I've always assumed it was, but, like, I, I think the delivery of that guy is really great. There's an aspect of it that almost feels like it's improv when he talks about like, he's like, what are you seeing? Oh, the cloud, man. It has a vein in it. Like, it almost seems like he
4: kind of made that up on the spot. I I wouldn't doubt that these two like went into it with a concept of like, all right, here's, here's what it's going to be. You're going to tell me how wasted you are. And then I'm going to tell you that it was nothing.
1: Right. Yeah. Like, like just like kind of lay out because you know, right. they're, they're improv they, guys.
4: Right. And then just go for it, you know, like, Oh yeah. So the acid was just pieces of paper. The weed was just pencil shavings, <laughs> pencil like,
1: shavings in a bag.
4: The the beer was non-alcoholic, <laughs> you know? Yeah. The gun was just a cap gun.
1: It's like, how many of those did you have? I had about 18
4: of them, man. <laughs> you know, and then the part where he's like, uh, he's like, I'm so dead, man. I see the white light, man. Oh my God! He killed himself. He killed himself. Oh
5: my gosh! You killed yourself, buddy.
7: Yeah, I'm dead, man. Oh, oh my!
5: Oh, you're dead. Yeah, I'm
7: dead. That man. is awful. There's a big white light and everything. Man. Yeah. Well, you showed us all, man. <laughs> oh man, I'm so peaceful here, man. Yeah. Well, you see anything the, weird or my relatives, man? <laughs> and the mm. big white light and my. Grandfather's there. Oh, I remember
5: him. He's, he's a good guy. He's
7: still wearing the same clothes Hey, and say hello man. for me, huh?
4: Hey, man, Joe says hi. And, uh,
5: <laughs> right. And it's...
4: He's like, no, 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 there's no way to kill yourself there, because hmm. that was a cap gun.
1: <laughs>
4: Brett,
0: what did you think? Oh, yeah, it's always been one of my favorite skits. Uh, I didn't always take it for him to be 100% lying. I always... Thought there was a lot of placebo involved. He's just one of those people. I think I feel like everyone knew someone like this who always acted super wasted. Definitely. I know some people who were in fraternities where they would mess with the like the pledges and videotape them, you know, getting wasted. But then at the end, they're like, "Yeah, that was all non alcoholic beer," like just to make them. But like
1: like for a certain
0: for a certain extent, if if you think you're drinking alcoholic beer. Your mind is pretty powerful. It can make you think. Now you might not be able to see clouds bleeding on you, but I always took it as uh, a decent amount of placebo as well. You're right. It is uh, Rob Schneider, by the way. That's a good call.
1: The carrot himself.
0: Carrot, a
1: Yeah, I think it's it's a it's a great like written sketch. Like the progress that it goes on, or the progression rather that it goes through, is 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 really really satisfying. I just think it should have ended with him saying, "I'm moving to a different town, man." Yeah,
0: agreed.
5: Right, right. Hey, I got some news yeah, for you. This what, is so man? funny. What? Yeah, man. yeah. Before you go up to what? heaven, uh, the gun you, you kill yourself with—that's the one I sold you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. that was a that was a cap gun, so there's no way you could have killed yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, I'm going back to the party. <laughs> Okay, take care.
7: <laughs> I'm moving to a different town, man. But
1: Dude. then he like
4: meets with the buffoon later.
1: <laughs> yeah, that part I think they don't necessarily yeah. need that because like I move into a different town, man is such a good closing statement for that. Yeah,
4: you know what? This is exactly the same. It's the same bit with different words. Is in Billy Madison when Chris Farley. And he's like, that Veronica Vaughn's one piece of yeah. ace. You know, like me and her got it on. No, you didn't. Well.
0: Well, you can imagine what it'd be like. Yeah. yeah. The guy I know
4: and her got it on. Woo-wee. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Well, you, you can imagine what it'd be like, huh? He just uh-huh? like pats uh-huh? him on the shoulder and walks away. Yeah. I feel
0: like we need to point out that Adam Sandler's character is like a complete psychopath that he gets off on this stuff.
1: Just fucking with this guy? like Yeah. <laughs> It is pretty messed up. And but, he's like making yeah. money off him. He's like selling him guns that are cap guns. Yeah. He he's selling them to a guy that he knows is too dumb to realize that it's a fucking cap
4: gun. Granted, if I was a drug dealer and a cap gun dealer, like <laughs> and somebody was that fucking dumb or naive enough to like placebo their way through all of this shit, I would do that to them. <laughs> I like, there, like, there's no way that this guy needs real drugs. Like, <laughs> there's no yeah, way. Yeah, selling
0: it to him is one thing, but, like, I don't know. I, I feel like selling it to him and then making him feel like crap is, is <laughs> yeah, he, quite the combination.
1: He gets off on, like, fucking humiliating
4: him. <laughs> well, that guy's a fucking moron for not knowing the difference between real acid and pieces of paper. So I guess it is good that he meets up with the buffoon after all. Yeah. Maybe they can do some
1: real fucked up shit. <laughs> That's right, man.
7: <laughs> Fucking shit is right, man. I am totally wasted now, man. I should maybe get a umbrella or something and go in the shade.
5: I know a guy who can suck his own dick.
1: Another favorite of my little brother, Tyler, was a skit called... Tollbooth Willie. Brett, what's the premise of Tollbooth Willie? You live in a place where there actually are tollbooths, by the way.
0: Yeah. So he's just a normal guy. Kind of sounds like he's maybe... Was born in Ireland, maybe, and came over at like eight. Uh, He's got a little bit of an Irish accent. He just seems kind of nice, overall friendly, and everyone, for some reason, like, hates him and thinks he's the biggest douche on the planet and like he's even got priests making fun of him and stuff. It's just I don't know. They're just really mean to him. They make fun of him like crazy as they're driving off.
2: Welcome to Worcester. Dollar 25 please. Hey, how you doing Booth Willie? Good. Thanks for asking Pop. Oh, that's great. You know, considering you're a fucking idiot. Go fuck yourself, you son of a bitch. I'll come right out of the booth and fucking whack you, you fucking prick. Hey, hey, Willie, how's it going? Hey, can't complain, pal. How's by you?
1: Yeah, for some reason, Tollbooth Willie has become the target of every driver that happens to go through this particular tollbooth. Yeah. And Tollbooth Willie, bless his heart, you know, after every horrible interaction he has with each person, he turns on the smile for the next person that drives up and he's nice again and then they just fucking treat him like shit. And yeah. then even when you think they're not, you know, it's like, okay, this person's gonna be cool with Toby with Willie. Yeah. They do something really mean to him, right Jonathan? Yeah, absolutely.
2: Oh, nice to see you, Mom. Not a bad day, huh? Well, I'm a little lost. Could you help me out? I hear you're the best with directions. Well, I know my way around to England, I can tell you that much. So where you headed?
7: Well, I was just wondering exactly which is the best way to drive up your ass. You know, if you'd tell me, I'd appreciate it, you fucking prick.
2: You fucking bitch, fuck you! You forgot to pay the fucking toll, you dirty whore! I'll fucking drop you with a boot to the fucking skull, you conguzzling queen!
6: Hey, Willie.
0: Hey, how are you? Here's $1.25, and go fuck yourself
4: it'll be a dollar 25 sweet hat
0: <laughs> for you. I know 25
4: and, and the girl like pays the dollar 25 and then walks, drives away saying like, you know, your nuts smell like that fucking goat from, album two. <laughs> from the other skit. You know? yeah. yeah.
1: From the one that hasn't been released yet. Yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I mean, it's just progressively like worse and worse. And every person, it's like a more positive member of society that comes up next. And, the insults get worse and worse for some reason it's very quotable though like the exchanges
1: they have like the heated exchanges because when someone starts giving him shit he starts giving him shit back yeah and there's like some really like funny lines in there like one of the people drives up and it's i think it's david spade and just very simply says here's the dollar 25 for the toll and go fuck yourself yeah and like that's it it just leaves it at that most of the people like really like sink their claws into him though yeah And uh, one of the people says something that he already heard that day. And this is something that I used to quote. I used to say, well, I already heard that one. You're an
4: original bastard. (laughs) Maybe this is an ode to like that elder Bostonian New England guy, you know, that's like. He's relatable to the respect characters where he's just an older member of society and he's earned his right to be grumpy with the world. But he's still a nice guy because of his job. But you're not going to like talk shit to him without him saying something back. And the world hates him for some reason. But see, but maybe they don't really hate him. Maybe they're shit talking with terms of endearment. Like that's a real thing. You have real friends that you can walk up to them and just be like, "Oh, what's up, you fucking ugly bastard?" Oh, you—you know—they hit him with a car.
7: (laughs) Just so I could have proof from my friends that I met the biggest fucking dipshit with the smallest dick alive.
8: You understand?
2: Fuck you, you fucking uppity bitch! I'll fucking fuck you and all your lesbian fish-eating friends in front of your fucking mothers. You're gonna die, bitch! I'm coming out of the booth. Oh, my fucking leg! Hey, you
7: ran over toll booth, Willie. Oh my god, I was always wondering what it would be like to run over a dried up, stinky dick liquor.
1: <laughs> well, you know, he gets out of his toll booth and gets like fucking slammed into that's pretty sus. Everyone gets out of the car and just makes fun of his bleeding body.
4: <laughs> yeah, that part's kind of over it. Yeah, that, that... I mean, th- that totally throws my. Viewpoint, they go in a though, different direction,
1: there, right? Yeah,
4: yeah, up until that point. Because I mean, he probably sees these people every day. Yeah, I couldn't imagine doing this every day.
1: Tollbooth Willie, pretty solid overall, actually. Pretty funny, listen. You know, th- this is one of the ones that I, I think has that re listenability factor to it. You can listen to it again and it still find some like nuggets of comedy in there that work pretty well. However, I don't think that's true for teenage love on the phone, which is just seems to be like a failed SNL skit, like you know a few others on here. It starts off like pretty run of the mill, like what you might expect for like a very entry level like comedy sketch pitch, right? This guy is on the phone with his girlfriend, and she's like, "Oh, I might have to hang up because I think my dad is coming. So if if I hang up, just call me right back." So like he starts talking to her. She hangs up. They calls back. Starts talking to her again. She abruptly hangs up. And you kind of get the feel like that's the direction the sketch is going. And for the most part it is that. And that is not funny at all. It's just fucking stupid. But where it gets funny, I think, is where the buffoon shows up at the end. Because yeah. it turns out that she's actually with another guy. And this is only at the very end of the sketch. But the other guy she's with is the buffoon, who was introduced earlier. This is the final appearance of the buffoon on this album. And it only works because, because I think the best line that the buffoon gives is in this sketch, in terms of his random humor.
8: Don't think I'm kidding around, man. I'm crazy. I'll smash your head in, I swear to
1: God.
5: One time I saw my grandmother in the shower. Her bush starts above
1: her belly button. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: Good times.
1: (laughs) Which is like, I think it's really like the best nugget of the buffoon. And they randomly put it in this sketch, which by and large, it doesn't work until you hear that. That's really all I have to say about that one.
4: Yeah, that, that skit is totally two and a half minutes of pointlessness until you get that one punch.
6: When I'm... Feeling down and feeling sad you come around and make me glad I've got you oh my little chicken
1: and it ends this album ends with a song it's called my little chicken it is a dumb bad song but this is i think the one song that really showcases adam sandler's vocal range he is a good singer i mentioned that before and i think that is best shown in this song at certain parts why, because of the chicken balking? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not because of that.
6: People say you're using me In your heart, you're a killer But I know that the worst I should fear Is a slight case of salmonella So. Lie right back. Don't you
1: cry. But I mean I think he has he has pretty good vocal range, he has a nice voice, but this song it's another one of those like kinda like lounge vegas like jazzy Sinatra style songs. Yeah. And it's awful. It's a really bad song. Brett, do you have anything for the song? Any love at all?
0: I think I played it for like twenty seconds, sounds like Nick's.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um
0: I'm not the one to ask.
1: That was me exactly when I was a kid, Brett. Like, this is one you start playing, it's like, no, no, it ends with Tollbooth Willie. This album ends with Tollbooth Willie. That's really, like, the best thing at the end side of this album. These last two aren't really good, and this one in particular, just a really fucking bad way to end this album. I'm surprised it even made it to the final cut. Yeah. But, guys, that's that's it for the Adam Sandler albums. We're only talking about these two, the first two and that's really because of our particular nostalgia for these and i want to kind of touch on that a little bit more because i mean these albums are like fucking prime time nostalgia for me as like a tween or teen a young teen like these albums like were everything we listened to them so much jonathan when we were kids i'm sure that was the same for you right brett
0: oh yeah for sure at least for a span of a couple of years
1: Listening to these, quoting these, like using some of the insults from these. It was like, I don't know. It, it There's just so much nostalgia behind this. I think the few people that actually listen to this episode will be people that also grew up on these so they can, you know, hear our takes on them. Because if you haven't listened to these and then you just dive into them, I don't know if they're really going to work, right? It's really kind of like one of those that time, that place kind of things.
4: Don't you think, Jonathan? Yeah. I I think you really need to have some sort of one uh, um, fondness for Adam Sandler's comedy to some degree. And I think you need to be of the age of the target audience of when these came out or slightly just younger. If you don't hit those two criteria, you are not going to be entertained even the least bit by any of this stuff. Like I couldn't imagine my dad like listening to these at all. Like he would just not even attempt to listen to it, you know, stoically listen to it. Yeah. No, not even. No, he just would turn it off. Like he's such a bad, um, he's so bad with movies. If something doesn't completely catch a hundred percent of his attention in the first like 10 minutes, it's no chance. He's turning it off. So I think the nostalgic factor, the fact that we used to just quote this as kids and the fact that, we weren't supposed to have stuff like this as kids. And we did. It was a little much for 12 year olds kind of ingrained that, that fun and, Oh, I'm a bad boy kind of thing. So I, uh, I hold a special place in my childhood for these, for these albums.
1: I do as well. And it kind of reminds me of another album that we used to listen to around the same time. And
4: that was... WWF Warzone intros? (laughs) No. Well, (laughs) WWF The Music Volume (laughs) 3
1: played a big part in my youth. That's for sure. But there was a fucking album called uh chef aid the
0: south park album
4: oh yeah chocolate salty balls yeah dude. there's a
0: the bubble goose song i sing it randomly every few months and it gets in my head and i want to blow my brains out but because I, I don't know the lyrics i just always say <laughs> i put a bullet in my bubble goose and then i make up stuff and it's like that's not what it is and yeah yeah it, it drives me nuts mm. We
4: used to listen to that a lot as kids.
0: I love Trey Parker and Matt Stone. I think they're the. I think Trey Parker's the most talented person in the world. So I listen to anything he does.
1: Yeah, I mean that album. I don't know, dude. Like we listened to the Adam Sandler stuff, and then that album, and I I can't find it. But maybe one of you guys knows that there was like one song on there that was just like this weird like rock techno mix, and, and the lyrics were just like quotes from South Park, and. We used to quote stuff from that song. I don't remember exactly what it is. I'm sure I'll find it and I'll put it in.
0: Mentally dull think tank mix by Wayne Sims and David Google, featuring the cast of South Park. Oh my God, they killed
4: Kenny. You bastard. Oh my God, they killed Kenny. What kind of sick weirdo are you? Oh my God, they killed Kenny. Say something, Mr.
2: Hinkie. Oh my
6: God, they killed Kenny. Dude, Kenny is dead. Hello there, children. Let me sing you a little song.
3: I'm gonna make love to you one more.
2: Well, you ain't Fiona Apple. If you ain't Fiona Apple, I don't give a rat's ass. What would drive a man to such a disgusting act?
6: My God, that's disgusting. Well, dude, how do you have sex with a chicken?
2: Dumbasses.
1: Ah, the memories. You know, guys, I would really like for the three of us to get together because we're all in the same age range and like do some other similar episodes to this at some point. So maybe we can do that. You know, we can release regular episodes or do patron or we could do them on Big Dumb Movie. Doesn't matter to me, but you know, I really enjoyed this particular pod. Let's wrap up. Brett, I'm going to go to you for three things final thoughts, yes and no's. And also, I want to know. Which of these two you think is a better album? Go ahead.
0: Okay, so I guess the final thought is... I've had some friends in the last five years or so... Say... Did Adam Sandler get less funny? Or was he never really funny? And I always point to these two albums as proof that he is a funny person. After listening to both of them, I still think that's true. But I would say it's my convictions a little less, maybe. Again... He's got some stuff on here that's really funny. I think if you made a mix of the two, you'd, it'd be really cool. But as we kind of pointed out, there's a lot of bad stuff on here, like unfunny. So I still hold true that that's proof that he's funny for people that don't like him, but it's just a little less true. These are definitely yeses for me. Uh, nostalgia, again, I still laughed at certain things that I laughed at back then. It helps that you don't listen to him much between 20, 25 years or whatever, but definite yes for me. Solid yes. Uh, There's still, I mean, I'll love respect and some of those skits go until the day I die. You gotta respect the tracks. For sure. It's squishy. It's squishy. He knows it's squishy. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta respect the milk. So yes, it's definitely a solid yes for me. And uh, I thought it was kind of a toss-up, but after going through this, it's definitely... What the Hell Happened to Me is way better. I won't say track to track because I think we kind of said track to track neither one of them is that good. But if you pull out the best of either one, it's a second one for me.
1: All right. I'm going to go next. Sure. You know, final thoughts. I'll just say what I said earlier. Much, much nostalgia for this. But in terms of yes and no's, You know, I'm going to give these albums the softest of yeses and that's because of what I just said. Really, the nostalgia carries me over the line. There is so much cringy bullshit in here and just straight up bad stuff that is not like entertaining. Some of it's just too annoying to even like really invest your three minutes in and it's like you guys said, some of these you play and it's just like you just fucking skip it. It's like, good God, this is not it. But aside from that, there's still some things that have been so memorable for me. That have like carried over into my life for years. Like I said, Tollbooth Willie. I already heard that one, you unoriginal bastard. Like that's something I would like to throw into like conversation. If people were kind of like bantering, talking shit back and forth. So the personal connection I have with these really helps with my yes. Um, And it is a soft yes for both of them. You know, I I almost want to hear what someone thinks if they just listen to one of these all the way through without skipping any tracks and they've never heard them before. I'd be really interested. So, like, if someone does do that after listening to this episode, please write into spoilers, please. Yeah, write in on uh, our Instagram page and we'll read your message on whatever episode we do after the release of this one, which actually might be a few episodes later. But I'd be really interested to hear what someone who hasn't listened to these things outside of the podcast. So I look forward to that. I'm looking at you, the wolf. You're the guy I'm talking to right now. Anyway, better album. You know, it's, it's kind of hard for me because they both have good. They both have bad. I think the good on They're All Gonna Laugh At You is slightly better than the good on What The Hell Happened To Me. Wow. So I think the buffoon...
0: That that makes it for you, huh?
1: Mm. Slightly carries it over the line. Buddy, the nostalgia of the Buddy sketch. The relatability of Right Field. Hearing the old, inept fogey on Mr. Spindle's phone call. I know it's kind of like mean-spirited, that one, and a lot of the tracks on this one, but in a lot of cases, I'm okay with that. There's obviously exceptions. The songs aren't as good, but, you know, I never really give a shit about the songs on these anyway. If, like, the song's good, it's like, that's that's fine. Like Ode to My Car is obviously better than any song on this album, but there's just a few things that kind of carry this one over the line slightly, despite the horrible and just outrageous first track on this one, which is the assistant principals, big day. It's almost like would be hard for someone to get past that. I think if you listen to that full track, it's like, do you keep going? Like what else is in store for you? So anyway, I'm going to give it to that one. But Jonathan, what about you?
4: So as I do on Big Dumb Movie, I try not to give my make a a rating or a decision prior to the discussion or the review or spoil of what we're um, talking about. And after hearing everything that you guys have said and everything that we've discussed today... I'm a soft no on they're all going to laugh at you. I really, as a whole, I, there are some gems in there, but there's more, a lot more cringe than there is listenable tracks on that album. So I could really do without that album for ever. <laughs> um, but, but I'm going to, I also have a, a little more than a soft yes for, for what the hell happened to me. The nostalgic factor is there. I still quote some of that stuff to this day. I still, I kind of catch myself getting upset sometimes that other people don't understand that what I'm quoting is from this. And I'm like,
1: understand you know, my references. God damn it.
4: Yeah, seriously. Like, how do you not know what fuck me right in the goat ass is? You know, uh, how do you not know where that's from or the ode to my car? but as an album as a whole i enjoy what the hell happened to me so that's that's my review man one one no one yes
1: fucking a you know thank you guys for joining me on this podcast it was good taking this trip down memory lane without bringing up any incidents revolving around 60 year old guys asses or dicks mm. So uh, that's about it for this episode. Take it away, Spoiler Man.
0: Thanks, yeah. My wife's like, dinner's ready. Uh, I'm hungry.
9: Special thank you to our patrons. Matt Troll.
5: Your secretary's a real fat bitch, man.
9: Brother Brian.
5: Homie, my brother is in there.
9: Druid King.
8: Gotta respect, <laughs> Gotta respect the condom
9: <laughs> You fucking
8: moron
2: I know you talking idiot. about a condom you Nick
9: They're all gonna laugh at him The Meg It's Megalodon <laughs> Nurse Stacy
5: Why don't you just lay on the side of the pool And jiggle your balls for mama The Wolf
6: ar, ar, ar. Do
8: you want a cigarette?
5: No I don't
8: and my job is done
5: <laughs>
9: barky 420
5: none of the girls will be allowed to snicker or laugh at the uh,
2: size of my uh, genitalia
9: total movie recall oh have
2: another one you fucking lush it's not my fault the bartender cut you off last night you fucking douchebag hey
9: P.K. It's a
2: Fucking moron! It's a fucking moron! I love it!
9: Spencer!
5: My father's shit stinks up the bathroom all fucking day!
7: Abigail!
5: I guess that makes us piss pals. <laughs> <laughs>
9: If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoilerman, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash Our email is podcast at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcast spoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. To do this, one, search for movie spoilers. Two, click on our orange Spoilers Bowl logo and scroll all the way to the bottom. Three, leave us some stars and some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Spoilers is now available on Audible. That was spoilers.